in a world where combat sports changes on a dime. Two men cover the happenings of it all. What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to, and they were trying to sign him. Mixed martial arts. And I think everything leads towards Sandhagen, but I I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sandhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. Aljamain Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. Do you hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh God, he might have me. Do you think Pena has a chance against Amanda Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think is that great. Wayne, Gone, and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Boxing. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations at Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Left by a while so far this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class, and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. I have them this weekend. I'm just going to let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC. Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my Viking jersey on. You have like your really, really top tier wide receivers, but then there's a pretty big drop off. They didn't speak English. So like the UFC like wasn't getting them title fights as fast as people who did speak. So it absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Olovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I, Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Olovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like, it just like the fact that Tony Khan actually just did that. Fightful. 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 Steven Jensen. Yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekend Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RBD Tito for Loyal. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live rounds. The marksmen have arrived. Have arrived. Watching live rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to Live Rounds, episode 63. Um, definitely got a lot to talk about. Excited to have everybody in here. Um, excited to see what happens tomorrow. I think a long wait could finally pay off. And uh, yeah, just overall looking forward to AEW, looking forward to uh, UFC pay-per-view with Usman defending his title. So Lot to get into. How are you doing tonight, Steven? I'm doing well. Doing well. I'm looking forward to that stuff too. Um, yeah, the the UFC will probably talk a little bit closer to the end of the show for for the MMA fa- fans out there. Um, but if you send a super chat, as always, like we'll make sure to address it. So if you want us talking a little UFC a little earlier, to send a super chat, and we'll pivot at some point to uh to make sure to address your comment or your statement for the super chats. Donation links are in the description below as well. And if you get the uh, thumbs up button, that's totally free. We appreciate that. Hit the subscribe button. But as far as uh, as far as me, man, just pretty uh, pretty chill day. I've got a uh, got GCW this Saturday in Atlanta. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Just found out my boy, our our friend friend of both of ours, John Mosley, is going to be calling some of the matches in Atlanta for GCW. So very happy to nice. to see that for him. So I get to see him in person for the first time in a long time. So shout out to Jumping Johnny Mosley, um, and. Uh, yeah, I've got some cool stuff to kind of uh, show as well that I've got over the last week. Not a whole lot, but some cool stuff. And I know okay. you've got some cool stuff since last time we did that. So uh, we got that going on. We got football coming up soon. Uh, the show me, Doug, and Rob are starting over on uh, the, the Twitch for Fightful. That's going to be starting in a couple weeks. Like a lot of good stuff. Uh, one of my favorite, this is like my favorite time of the year when like the NFL is like yep. getting back going. The weather's going to start cooling down a little bit. Like, yep kind of getting that like crock pot mode that's kind of what i call yes. it like you know it's like you know like hoodie uh, weather yeah yeah good yeah start start rocking some hoodies go get go get you some fight talk hoodies this actually this season we'll come out with some uh i don't know where we'll do it at but we'll we'll do some live rounds merch for the holidays this year we'll, we'll get out some sort of hoodies or, or t-shirts or something for anyone who wants to support live rounds and i've had some people ask for merch over the last you know i guess year plus that we've been doing this Overall, before we started counting the shows, we've been doing this, I guess, really since like the pandemic, I guess. So it's been a couple yeah. of years. So if yeah. anyone wants to help support the show even further, uh, we appreciate everyone who's in here just hanging out and talking wrestling and MMA with us. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get something for y'all for, for the holidays if there is something that y'all want from us. So, Yep, for sure. Um, so did you catch your uh, football team play? A little bit. Um, I went at... So, my brother, we've talked about it on the show a little bit before, but my brother, um, he has to get some surgeries that are like, uh, they're like maintenance type surgeries. Like he has um, a pacemaker and like the battery has to get charged out of it every like five years. They got to like, just like cut him open, replace it. And it's like, he's in and out in a couple hours. So it's something he's had to do a few times. It's really no big deal. But But because of the surgery, he has to eat like really clean for like a week before he goes in there. So this past weekend, me and him went up to our favorite uh, spot. Shout out to $3 Cafe. Went up there and I dropped like 70 bucks on hot wings. And we just went up there and just ate, ate hot wings and blue cheese for like, and, and, watched, and watched the Vikings preseason game. And, you know, there's not a whole lot I can take away from it because we were just kind of like hanging out. And, you know, you see a little bit of Kellen Mond, a little bit of this and that. But like, you know, not, not, there, you know, we don't really get to see any starters, obviously. Nothing like real serious, but. It's it's just fun to see football back. Like I'm, yes. you know, it gets me excited for sure. 
Definitely. Yeah, I, I didn't like our game at all. There's so many penalties, kind of the same problems we had before, but it's preseason. We had like 25 starters resting, so yeah. it's hard to say. Def- there were some guys that flashed on defense, though, and there's a couple of guys that like we didn't really expect much out of that actually turned out to be pretty good, like a Duran Bland fifth-round corner. He's actually really starting. He's starting to look better than our second-round corner from the year before. So uh, that that's always encouraging. So we'll kind of see what happens when we play the Chargers next. But I'm I'm ready to get this thing going. You know, like I said, it's the best time of the year right now, and uh, just ready for football to start and all that jazz. So I can't wait. I will say though that like I watched, I watched uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers game versus Seattle. And that felt like a real football game because Kenny Pickett used to play quarterback for the um, Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. So they already knew him like in college. So like when he actually got his name called to come out there in the third quarter, that place went nuts for him. Like Pittsburgh loves him already. And then like he scored a touchdown on the opening drive and then he closed out the game with a touchdown. And it was like they found their new franchise quarterback. Like the place was going nuts. It just the passion of it. It just felt like a real football game. So anybody that caught that one, that was actually really worth watching because it was a good game. And uh, mm-hmm. I actually think that Kenny Pickett is going to win the starting job. I think Trubisky's going to get traded. And I think that they're going to go with Mason Rudolph as the backup because he's basically knows the system and all that. And then I think they're going to actually give Kenny Pickett the job, but we'll but see. Tr- Trubisky just isn't very good in my opinion. Like he's okay, but he, I don't think he's going to be, he runs me. And I know it's because like places he's played, but he reminds me of like, like a Jay Cutler, like type guy. Like, you know, I think well, he's like, Chicago. well, no, I know. Yeah. I mean, that's probably why I'm putting it in. Cause I also start thinking about, um, Oh, what was the guy's name? The guy who was like who everyone thought was going to be real good. He also played for Denver right before, and he like left to play like handball or something. Um, what was his name? Oh my god, someone in the chat will definitely know. He uh, he was the quarterback like after Elway for a couple seasons, and like everyone thought he was going to be a big deal, and he was like okay. Someone's going to know. Someone's going to know. Someone's going to. Someone's going to have to have me on this. I think he played for Chicago after as well. I know he definitely played for Denver. Um, I think after like it was like Jake Plummer or something. That's what I'm thinking of. Jake Plummer. That's exactly yeah. what I'm thinking of. Jake Plummer. Yeah, that's it was a guy like he. Yeah, it's like those kind of guys. Like I just, I just kind of feel like Trubisky's like kind of like those guys are. Like they're, they were like better than average, but not, not like real franchise quarterbacks that are like going to win you a Super Bowl. Then again, I thought that about Matthew Stafford. And then, like, when he got in the right situ- you know, situation, like, I mean, we saw what happened there. And that's and that's why I uh, – yeah, it says Plummer was before Cutler, too. That's why I'm getting those two. Like, th- that's why those two – the two of them are, like, mixing in my head. That, um, But that's also what gets me excited about the Vikings this year is, like, knowing that Kevin O'Connell is coming from that system that just molded Matt Stafford into a Super Bowl champion. And he, I feel like he can do the same with – with Kirk Cousins, a lot of there's a lot of similarities between those guys in a lot of ways. So, um, man, we only got like what like three weeks before yep. the season starts. So, yep. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, um, it, it'll it'll be interesting because there's only 
three preseason games. So we're getting close to where the preseason is almost already over and then cuts will have to be made. And then here we go. So it's not going to be much longer. And uh, when we get done with this, I'm going to watch hard knocks because hard knocks on the line with the lions was actually pretty good. Yeah. And it was a uh, really enjoyable. So I'm going to check out the, the rest of that. I, uh, I never got into hard knocks. Like I, I think it's oh, a cool con. Best. I think it's a cool concept for a show, but but you know what show I really loved was Playmakers. Remember that one? It was it wasn't real. It was like an ESPN like fictional show with uh, was it Omar Gooding? Was was that the guy's name? Who's the the? I think he was from like probably Crazy Kids. It was like the yeah yeah the guy it's, Omar, was, it's Cuba yeah. Gooding Jr.'s brother. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, um, Playmakers was a great show, and then I remember the NFL like got pissed off about it because they thought like they didn't like the way that like the league was being portrayed in this show and how the players yeah. were like living their lives in the show. And I'm pretty sure that was on ESPN. It was, it was on ESPN, but and yeah. then, and then they, before season two, they just scrapped it. Like, it, like season one ended like setting up season two and then like just season two never happened because the NFL didn't want to, they didn't want to obviously I get it. They didn't want to mix that. Um, like that kind of look for the NFL with also airing NFL games on the, like on the same network. I get that, but it, it was a good show. Yeah. No, I mean, hard knocks is one of those things where it's like you find out about teams way more than what you knew. So it's just one of those things that like, uh, I remember watching the Rams one and I was watching and I was like, man, Jeff Fisher is a really bad head coach. Like I, I just Dude. like couldn't believe <laughs> how bad of a head coach he was, and I was watching it. And then I remember Miami Dolphins with Joe Philbin. I was like, this guy has the energy of a dead ant, and he is like, just like, hey man, let's pick that up and put it, ram that ball right at the tackle, okay? And it's like, holy moly! So like, you can already feel. Going into the season, some things aren't going to go well. And what's funny about that is now Joe Philbin is our offensive line coach, and I absolutely hate him. I think he's terrible. So, and I think he's part of the reason we have so many penalties. I mean, most of our penalties come from the offensive linemen. So it's some type of technique that he's teaching or something. But the problem is, it's like him and Mike McCarthy are really good friends. So, uh, but I did want to let the chat know that if you guys didn't check it out, I was on uh, True Heels. True, like, yeah. True, yeah, but it's like their sports channel. I don't right. know what it actually calls, like True Sports or something, or True Hill Sports. Um, but we had a group of NFC East fans that represented the Giants, the Dallas Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Commanders. And it was a lot of fun. It was like two hours, and we just kind of debated back and forth and kind of said what we thought about our teams and then overall who we thought was going to win the division and all that. So if you guys are actually interested in more football talk, look that one up. It's actually a, a pretty fun episode. Yeah. I'll actually be on that this Thursday with Rob Wilkins because we're both Vikings fans. We're doing the NFC North. So um, definitely check that out. Shout out to Romeo. Who's usually here in the chat um, here for live rounds. So if he sees this or he's in here, um, he puts all that together and I also have a really random uh, Jeff Fisher story. You brought him up and that John Gorman says he's the, the definition of average. This is so random. But back in like 2000, it's probably 2011, I was interning for the Nashville Sports Council. I just graduated college and I needed to like yeah. do an internship. So I was living in Nashville and Jeff Fisher was the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. And 
I was at LP Field for like an event that like the sports council, they were like, they helped run the Music City Bowl. So like we were doing something at LP Field to like promote that or like some sort of like banquet type thing in the building. And like a few rooms over, we had heard Jeff Fisher like storming out of a room and like found out Jeff Fisher had like just like bolted out of the building. And then like mm-hmm. a few minutes later, ESPN was breaking that Jeff Fisher had just been fired. So we yeah. were like, like we had like we were like right there, like saw him like leaving. We were like, whoa, what's going on right now? And uh yeah, so I just happened to be like a few rooms over from him getting fired. So that's just kind of a really random and yeah, I agree. Jeff Fisher's very average. He's not the kind of guy. He he got to the Super Bowl with the Titans, right? Like really early on, and mm-hmm. then like, but never, never got anything close to that success. And he also had Donovan McNabb, or not McNabb, but Steve McNair rather. Steve McNair, who was like a stud during those years, mm-hmm. like, and Jeff George. He had he had some good players. Still couldn't win it. Yep. Well, we actually got a super chat about football. Appreciate it, Vince awesome. Valentine. Uh, do you guys have advice for the best way to draft in fantasy football league that's based on PPR points per reception? So I think that if you're looking at running backs, you want to look at running backs that oh, can Ed. actually catch. Sorry, so, Eddie George. Yes, I said Jeff George. That uh, that was a quarterback for, for the Vikings. Sorry. Yeah. So you want to have you want to look at running backs that can actually catch. That's why like CMC, Jonathan Taylor, like those type of guys are high up on people's list because it's not that they'll just take handoffs; they'll take catches. So you can get um, look look into that. Look and see who actually like running backs that have good receiving yards as well, because that'll help you a lot in PPR. And then also. Think about reception receivers, not just how many like yards or touchdowns they have, but like a Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen can sometimes walk away with like 12, 14 catches in a game. So like, that's why he's one of the top picks in fantasy by a lot of people. So let's sneaky pick Travis Kelsey um, at tight end, but that's what you're looking for. You're looking for guys that are, are really uh get a lot of targets and not necessarily it has to be off of yards or whatever. I mean, yards is great. Touchdowns are great. Don't get me wrong. But if you are in a PPR, you got to definitely think about that as well. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be biased, obviously, but like Justin Jefferson is really good for PPR this season, probably because he's going to be all over the field. Um, Cooper cups another guy that is, that's like that. Um, And uh yeah, look out for some tight ends like Doug was saying. Those can be those can be sleepers. That dude from uh um a uh, Waller from the Raiders, I think is gonna yeah, be Darren huge. Waller. Yeah, Darren yeah. Waller. He's they basically use him like a receiver, just like a huge receiver. Um, I think Kyle Rudolph is gonna be a sleeper in Tampa Bay too, being with Brady, like the red he might be like the red zone kind of Gronk guy for him, I feel like. Um so Kyle Kyle Pitts at tight end for Atlanta. They don't have any receivers. So I mean, they basically have Drake London, who they who they just drafted number one. But other than that, they don't really have much. Um, a Cordell Patterson, he was kind of yeah. big in PPR last year. So think of stuff like that. He was a freaking like terrible receiver and like good kick returner for Not the Vikings, G. and then somehow became like a great running back. Years later for the Falcons, like completely different position. So wild. Yep. Good for him though. The guy who was always talented and super athletic. There was always potential. And I'm glad he's it's just wild how long it took and that it was in a totally different position. And then just an opinion of mine too is look for players that um have potential. Like 
not just don't just go by their rankings because there will always be these diamonds that are in the waiver wire that nobody even thought about drafting that if you would have got on that early, it could give you a huge boost as well. So look for, for sleeper players like that. Listen to some fantasy podcasts, pick whichever ones you want to listen to, but they'll definitely break down some stuff and help you out there too. So that's pretty much my best advice for that. Yeah. And not non PPR, like just a quick little sleeper, like depending on how your league is set up, uh, don't sleep on like a really like elite kicker either. Like if you have, if you're playing with kickers, like some of those guys will rack up points like really quietly that will like outscore your wide receivers and stuff. Like if you have like one of like the top, like three or five kickers, that's, that's, you know, kicking like six, seven field goals a game sometimes and extra points, like. It's just something to, to keep in mind. Everyone always like roasts on the kicker and stuff, but I've gotten like I've I've picked Justin Tucker fairly high a few a few times, and like it's totally paid off for me because he he racks up more points than ha- most of my team sometimes. Yeah, uh, if you're looking for kickers, Tucker and McPherson, Tucker from the Ravens, McPherson from the Bengals, those are the two best kickers in the league. So yeah. This is one of the guys in my fantasy football team. And uh yeah, uh, he's he's been the two time champ and he will nice. he he will draw blood if he has to to win. Like he I mean, the trades that this man makes is just unbelievable. We're not talking about like one for one. We're talking about like <laughs> completely redoing your entire team. Like nice. and and he will trade his best player if he has to. He does not care. And the last thing he'll want to do, like if he goes on a losing streak, like God, God bless you, because he's about to trade his entire team away. Like he's a he's an animal. I see. I that's where I get too. I get too married to some of the players, especially if they're on teams that I like or players that I especially like. I I there's probably been times where I should have made trades, but I just like stuck with it. And that guy sounds like the, the complete opposite of me. Um, one thing I want to bring up real quick as we're as we're starting the show off here, and appreciate everyone who's in here. Um, and we'll get we'll get to the wrestling talk very soon. Um, just want to give myself a pat on the back real quick for uh, the UFC this past weekend. For those of you who've been following along with my yeah. uh, with my escapades, uh, my alleged uh, potential esca- escapades, um, I may have allegedly potentially put down. I put down. I think. 10 different $5 bets. So like around give or take around $60 or so. I know the math doesn't add up, but there, there's some fees included and stuff. You know, so I, I spent about 60 bucks, let's say allegedly. Um, and I won 500 back. So that was, uh, that was a good one. Hit a nice, uh, nice three fight parlay. Got the round and method round and method, right. For three of the fights this past weekend, back to back to back. Um, so put in 60 and one back 500. So, uh, very happy with that. So I've been telling y'all these, it's the, it, where now, of course the, the flip side of this is like, man, if I would have put like 50 bucks on that, man, yeah. <laughs> you know, but like, but the thing is, that's why it's fun. And I wouldn't even be making these bets if, it, if I was wagering a lot of money on each right. bet. Like that's the whole point of it is like, I'm throwing down a little bit of money and uh, it's on stuff that that has possibilities of happening, and you know, every now and then that kind of stuff will hit. I'll put it this way: I'm definitely not. Um, I've definitely made more money than I've lost doing it. You know, over the last six months or whatever that I've been doing it. So, um, anyway, I was really happy about that. Hopefully, that momen- momentum carries into this weekend for uh, the UFC. 
And uh, sure. before before we get started on the show, also, do you want to show any anything you've uh, you've got figure wise or? I think I showed ones? it. I think I showed the two the the ultimates uh, last week. Yeah. Um, I will say this though, I did do a couple of uh, things where I f- like uh, did a little updates to them. So with this Shawn Michaels, the head sculpt was like god awful. So pulled the head sculpt off, and I bought this shirt a long time ago, and I just think that it definitely fits more of that era, Sean. Pretty dope. And I used the ultimate head that I've just had lying around. Like, I I never had any use for it. And then one thing with this new Hogan, it's taller. And I had a shirt made on Threadhead a long time ago for this Hogan shirt. And so it is a different shirt than the Hulkamania shirt. And I, I like this look better. So and it is kind of frustrating, though, because if you look, if you compare these two, like this, oh, I'm going to the right. Like <laughs> this Hogan is way shorter than the other one. Right. So that kind of frustrates me. But um, did you overall, get the Wolfpack one also? I've not gotten the Wolfpack one yet. It's on. I mean, it's it's up for order right now. But right. I've I've held out, and then I I just absolutely love the Shawn Michaels. It's <laughs> yeah, awesome. It is it's the best. It's so great. That one's tempting. So, dude, I would. Worth it. I I would like. I really want a Shawn Michaels autograph, but like, and and I and I think it's worth the one thirty that he's doing in Fetterman. Like, it, like that isn't a ridiculous price. It's just I just don't want to yep. spend that much on that. But I feel you. But man, I. But like that would be. That'd be sick to get to get a figure like that signed by him. Um, and I'm going to tell you off air some of my potential plans for Bret Hart and Goldberg um, for for that because those I'm pretty sold on those. The Goldberg one was like a hundred bucks after fees, like ninety five, and and Bret Hart. I don't know what after fees is, but I'm guessing probably around seventy or so, something like that. Um, but I'm, I yeah. think I'm, what I think what I'm I think what I'm going to do is I found. Um, an old WCW Bret Hart figure that I really liked when I was younger and didn't have. And I might just like buy it and have it sent to your address. And if you can take that with you and get it signed, that'd be sick. So, um, I'll see why not. Yeah. And then of course I'll pay for the shipping for you to send it to me and everything. It won't cost you anything. You already be there. So yeah. Yep. Awesome. Um, all right. So real quick, a couple things that I've gotten the last week, this has finally arrived. My Chris Jericho AEW shop. Exclusive. Oh, nice! So nice. I have all three of the AEW shop exclusive so far. So really happy about that. And a uh, big thank you to the dude who sent this to me because if y'all have been following the last few weeks, the first one of these he sent to me, he sent to the wrong address, and we never recovered it. So he sent me another one for free. And these are not, you know, these are not cheap figures. So I really appreciate him. I'm going to definitely do business with that guy in the future. I got this from my buddy. He uh, gave me a good deal on it. He brought it over, and I'm like, this is sick. It's a Power Ranger. This is from uh, 1994, like legit 1994, and it still works. The good guys are here. Wow. Yep, and it's actually a piggy bank, so when you put money into it, it's like coin accepted, and then like it does like a little Power Rangers thing, so that's pretty sick. Um, I also got this random Wardlow 8x10 because I got it for a really, really, really good price. So nice. wanted to add that to the collection. 
Yeah, and the then, only Wardlow autograph I have is the dual Wardlow MJF with Wardlow signing both names. So yeah. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. And then I got um I saw this dude on Twitter the other week and he was like I'm doing a sale on on autographed eight by tens, and I hit him up, and they're only five dollars. And I said, "Here's five bucks, man. Let me get a signed eight by 10 Instead of sending one, he actually sent me three. So I got some Cole Radrick signed eight by tens. Um, he sent me that one. He sent me this one's kind of graphic. Shout out, you know, yeah. heads up. But um, you know, and then uh, this one is him like doing like the like the derby. Um, nice. signed it. So anyway, uh. And my fingernails are probably kind of gross. I just ate a bunch of hot wings like right before I came on here. Um, but awesome. yeah, um, but yeah. So Cole Radrick, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually frame this one here and probably put it on my wall back there somewhere. So um, yeah, I think I'm gonna start trying to get more um, more signed eight by tens and stuff from like indie indie people that I've gotten to know a little bit or interview a little bit. Um, yeah, and so yeah. Anyway, that's everything that I got in the past week. And uh, me and Doug are still waiting on our our Goldberg Ultimates from Amazon and our Randy Savages from Target. Target. I have a feeling we can probably get the Goldbergs before the Randy Savages. We'll see. Even though you can just go pick the Savages up at Target. Yeah, if you find them. Like I said, you find it, just buy it and then cancel your pre-order. You'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the Goldbergs already going for like 80 bucks on eBay. And stuff like yeah because the thing is with amazon it's like once they're gone they're gone and then you just have to wait and people just don't have the patience for it it's not like they can just keep going to stores and see if they can find it like it's, it's, it's that's it that's why yeah. i always give you the heads up when they show up because oh, i appreciate like, it this is your chance if you, yeah if you want it no no I, I really appreciate it i think the uh um the goldberg i I'm on the fence. I'm going to, I'm going to let you know for sure. But like with the Goldberg, I might potentially do the same thing I'm doing with the Bret Hart with a, there's a Goldberg smash and slam that like is the same as my signed Scott Hall. And like, I could get a little collection of those like going signed, which would be kind of sick. So now I'm trying to decide if I'm going to do that or get the ultimate sign, but the ultimate sign would look incredible. So like, it's a win-win like this is, I'm definitely getting Goldberg. Like, from when you're there like this is like this is my shot i've wanted to build goldberg autograph since like 1998 so like it's my chance um when people are saying better call saul in the chat cha- yeah that's a whole other thing that's a whole other thing but yeah the show ended last night so well and they uh they dropped the new trailer to cobra kai's and that comes mm-hmm. september 9th so i can't wait for that nice. so there's uh although dude this is so lame so i'm you know i'm hyped new season yes yeah. you know and then I heard that Tyron Woodley is in it. Oh, but I was thinking that Tyron Woodley would just be like, you know, just like a, a bodyguard that gets beat up or something. Sure. Like nothing major. And then Kreese is like, I need all these new senseis to run my dojos. And he has like them all fly out and they're all lined up. And one of them's Tyron Woodley. And I'm like, oh, no. Like mm. everyone's gonna look at that and think he's a badass if they don't know who he is. But right. to me, it's like the ultimate like joke. Well, based on like the looks test of like seeing that dude like throwing punches and stuff, if you've never seen him before, and then if you also have any idea that he was in the UFC, you're just gonna automatically think he's badass. Like on surface right. level, Tyron Woodley. I mean, 
I'm not going to sit here and say Tyrone Lily is Tyrone Lily. Tyrone Lily is absolutely a badass. Like I, I, yes. I, I've, I've roasted the guy because of like the acting career and the rap career and getting knocked out by Jake Paul and all that stuff. But like at the end of the day, it's still Tyron Woodley, former UFC champion. Like I'm not, would, I'm not delusional. I would, say, I would say he's a UFC Hall of Famer. I would say Yeah, that. there there are people who have accomplished less that are in the UFC Hall of Fame. I would definitely, yeah. you know what I mean? If you're going to put like Cowboy Cerrone in the UFC yeah, Hall of Fame, I'm, like yes. Tyron Woodley has to be in the UFC Hall of Fame. Tyron Woodley definitely deserves it over Cowboy. Cowboy has some some impressive records and he was a, a fan favorite in a lot of fights, like the most fights, if not like the second most. That's going to keep changing depending on how long like Jim Miller fights. But um but yeah, I Tyron Woodley, it's just, it's just, yeah, we've talked about him a lot on the show. It's, it's hard for me to buy him as anything other than just kind of like lame now because of all that stuff. And yep. And the Jake Paul, like trying to get like the, yeah. the fight with the tattoo and everything. That, right? That's, that's, so that's lame. more so like, I, I think that him begging for a fight was worse than him getting actually knocked out. I agree. Like, I think, I think the fact that he was just like, come on, just like, like uh, literally he's begging. I'll get yeah. a tattoo. Like we got to do it again. Like I just, I, it, I can never look at that dude the same. But yeah. like I said, do a blind eye that's never seen it. Like yeah, yeah they mark out for him. I get for it. sure. Well, it's like you know, I I said this since um I went to Battle Slam. Uh, I guess it was two weekends ago, and I saw Anthony Agogo live at Battle Slam. Like and I was like right up next to him, and. He had the worst match of the night. Don't get me wrong. Like he, he like, and, and the, but the thing is, like, you can tell that he's. It was like it was a longer match too. It was probably around ten minutes or so long, and like he worked really hard. Like you can tell he's trying to learn, and I I can respect yeah. that. But my point though, with with the eye test, kind of what I was about, like, kind of getting with at Wood, at with Woodley just now, is like when I was right next to Anthony Yogo, I was like, oh, this dude looks like a superstar. Like he's huge. I was like, this guy looks yeah. like, like when you see this guy, you immediately, and then you, and then to the surface level, if you, if you hear, well, yeah, he's also like an Olympian uh, boxer and stuff like that. Like I get the temptation to push a guy that looks like that, that has a, you know, a, a combat sport background like he does. So it's just one of those things where, I don't know. I kind of gained a new respect for him. Like, like I said, I don't think he's very good still, but like, I like, should he have beaten Cody Rhodes in that feud? Absolutely not. But like, I kind of do feel bad for him. Cause like, he, he's like starting from like round zero and trying to work back up to anything. Close it was to too that, much it for him. Like. It was too yeah, much for him. Like, and I think Cody also made a mistake thinking that he could carry him. Like it, yeah. it the whole thing was just, it was a mess. Yeah. I, I will say this though. I, I watched his Chris Van Fleet interview. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can see why they think he has potential. Like he is, right. he is charismatic. His accent is very strong. Like he has a, he just has a presence about him. I just don't think he's a very good pro wrestler. And I don't know how long it's going to take for a figure out. And the whole vision thing where his eye is jacked up really bothers me. Like if yeah. he takes the wrong shot, like he can't see anymore. Like I just, Long as a long term investment, I don't really get it. I just don't. Yeah. One other thing I want to bring up in the, the news of this broke today. Uh, I think it was, I think the news was through Fightful. Um, but and this just kind of reminded me of that. But 
you know, Brandy Rhodes just had a match at the PC, it sounds like. <laughs> and what it sounds like is she's getting the same kind of treatment as like someone who's like just kind of starting as a wrestler, which is probably should. which is but also I was like thinking about it, like scrolling the comments, and I was like, like, wait a second. She started wrestling in like 2011. Mm-hmm. And she's only had like 60 matches. And it isn't because like of lack of opportunity it's just because like she isn't very good and she's still at the level of needing to be like trained at the performance center like should like by now shouldn't you kind of be like this like this isn't for me if you my my husband's amazing at it but maybe i'm not like if you follow her on twitter and stuff like you can tell like she she misses the spotlight but like there's no room for her Right. Like, I think that that was another thing with Cody is like, and I'm not speaking on Cody's behalf or anything, sure. but I'm just saying like when Brandy came in, she had like a role in AEW yes. and she was a very, like, it very much was like Triple H, Stephanie McMahon at first. And then her yeah. role just kept getting diminished and diminished and diminished. And then it's like, I feel like she's still all like, Hey, I'm here. Look at me. And everybody's like, yeah, I don't, I don't care. Like whatever you're doing. And so now it's like with her wanting to wrestle and she's no spring chicken either. Like, I I just, I don't, I don't see the point. It's just like a personal goal of hers, I guess. But I I just think it's, it's not going to go well. That's, it seems like a personal goal. Um, And here's the thing, like more power to her to like, to to try. absolutely see this. I could see that as well. Brandy teaming with Cody to fight Ms. Maurice. I, I, but I think and this was the same in AEW, like not to the same degree, but like in AEW, the kiss of death for Cody was Brandy's return. Like he was yeah. already, they had already turned on him, but like they really went all the way turning on him when Brandy came back and went like faced him. She like, she did like the, the Indian legs, like sit down thing right in front of Malachi black, like stood up to Malachi black. You know, it was like, what the hell is this? You know, like it was just, it, it wasn't good. And like, and I think Cody is like super over as, as potentially the top babyface in WWE. And he's going to be coming back from like this heroic performance at Hell in a Cell with the torn pack and everything. And like, yeah, or bicep, whatever, all, what all that was, that giant, all that, that was incredible. Can barely use his arm. And he's going to come back and he's going to be a massive babyface, babyface position to be potentially the guy to beat Roman for that title. And I think it'd be the worst mistake in the world to bring Cody or to bring Brandy back with him now for during that. I think it'd be a I, big mistake. I I think that's part of why he's been so appealing, honestly. Brandy has been nowhere around him. Like yeah. it's just been Cody Rhodes, and that's it. And I think the package duo of them, it people did not like it. They just didn't like it. It's no different. It's just like Tay and Sammy. Like, people loved Sammy when he was by himself. People loved Tay when she was by herself. Together, they hate them. Like, and true. Yeah. It's crazy, but they're now married. So it's not like, you know, he is banging a, a chick on the side here or there, and then he's, like, on to the next or whatever. Like, that's his wife now. So, I mean, like, who are we to to hate on at this point? Like, they they chose to go that route and now they're married. So yeah, congratulations to them and move on. Yeah. And none of that's any of my business anyways. Like that's all, you know, that's all personal business stuff. But like the thing with Brandy is I've said it a million times. I think she's a great person. I think she's done a lot of great stuff. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, I, I, I've heard that she wants to, uh, get like WWE more involved with uh culture city and stuff. Like she's doing nice things for people. And I know she did really nice stuff for Jesse Davin when Jesse was, was going through a lot of stuff in the hospital, her, her and Cody sent her some really nice stuff. And like, I think Brandy's a great person, but like that just, that doesn't mean I want to see her as a pro wrestler, you know, and, and especially as a part of Cody's presentation, it's just, it's nothing personal at all. You know, I just think that Cody is really thriving right now. He doesn't need anyone. Here's the thing. Eventually, if they're going to turn Cody heel, then that's fine. But like, I don't want, I don't want the fan base to give any reason to why Cody, we need Cody to beat Roman Reigns for this world title WrestleMania. <laughs> so like, so no, nothing can hinder that. And yeah, you know, he's good on his own. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you there. Yeah. All right. So, um, got some main topics we want to talk about. I don't know where you want to jump into. Uh, probably let's just go with the fact that CM Punk is back. And I didn't expect him to come back this soon. So, I'm was super excited to have Punk back. Uh, I thought it was just a great piece of wrestling business with moxley versus the lionheart chris jericho and like moxley kicked out of the judas effect like it was a brutal match like very physical jericho was busted open moxley of course is bleeding he's always bleeding um so i I thought it was a, a really good match and then it was like okay jericho appreciation society versus the blackpool combat club again here we go and then bam punk's music hits and it's like oh okay sweet you know and then him and moxley have the stare down and what i loved about it too was the fact that like cm punk basically faked still being hurt at comic-con because there were reports saying that he was limping and that, you know, he's still pretty far off. And like, he was in a lot of discomfort during the show. He was taking pictures of fans still sitting down the entire time. Yeah, for sure. And so like the whole time he's hinting at him not being okay. And then bam, because I, I think AEW knows that they're dealing with people, people that play chess and you can't play checkers. You've got to play chess. So, but I also think they also know when it's just obvious and you just have to do it because it just makes sense and you don't just do it just to swerve somebody, right? So I was really happy with that. Um, And, you know, Punk versus Moxley at All Out in Chicago is is a hell of a main event. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was great to see Punk back. He's still mega over. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how the fans react during this because i think both are going to be like very over i don't think either of them is going to be like really the heel in the situation like moxley might be maybe presented a bit more as one like potentially but like i i think i think the fans are going to love this matchup i i expect cm punk to win and retain but i think they've done a hell of a job making john moxley like a credible interim champion i mean it feels bad to even have to call him the interim champion and be honest because he's the fan of the title way more than I mean I know Punk got hurt right away but you know he's more of an AEW world champion than Punk is like you know on paper right now you know what I mean like I so. just think it would have made more sense to just have Moxley be the actual champion and then Punk is the number one contender when he comes back and the first match that he has is against Moxley so it's not like he had to earn his way up or anything like that. 
Um, I think the interim thing was just a little too, too, uh, too much to please Punk. But I think it was a Tony Khan thing, though, 100. Yeah. percent Like I think that he, he just he was so happy to have Punk as champion. He didn't want to go backwards. You know what I mean? And how how interim is is this in like the grand scheme of like wrestling history? Not that it like really matters, but like, do we like is John Moxley a, like officially a two time you know AEW champion? Because in the UFC, it's looked at kind of differently too. Like a real like a undisputed champion versus a, an interim champion in WWE when they try doing the interim champion thing. Remember when Brian Kendrick got a got the interim championship win in that scramble match like forever yeah. ago, and it's like. That doesn't actually count though. Like nobody counts that as a title win, but he was technically the WWE interim champion for a couple minutes. Like I think because Moxley's actually defended the belt multiple times, I view him as an actual champion. Like if he was interim, but he never actually had a match to defend the title, then I would I wouldn't really view that. But the fact that he's actually defended it multiple times, I view him as a two-time champion. So do you like do you I, I agree with you, by the way, but like how do you just just out of curiosity, how do you view like Tony Ferguson? Like, was he the UFC lightweight champion? You know what I mean? Cause he defended that title and he never lost it. Like while he was the champion and he never got the Habib fight. Yeah, that's tough. Because it's also like DC, right? As the 205 champion, he never beat John Jones for the title. But he was undisputed champion though. Like in that, that was a little bit different. Because Jones like vacated. Ferguson was the champion while like Connor and Habib were like both. Like Connor was like defending against Habib. Like wow. I guess it just depends too. Like who the same thing with Dustin Poirier, right? Because Dustin Poirier beat Holloway and became a champion. Yeah. In Atlanta. So so it's like, do you view him as a champion? Because but he, he never tech- defended, I don't think. He beat Holloway he, for it. And then he faced Khabib, right? And right, he lost. and Khabib choked him out. And, but, but like, Ferguson, like, had the interim title for a few fights. Well, hold on, I'm going to sort of, just for the sake of, because I think, I just think it's interesting to, to think about that, because I agree with you. Like, Moxley definitely seems like the world champion. But I don't know. I've never really considered Tony Ferguson the true champion. But, like, by the same logic, like, so he won the interim championship. Um, okay. So actually he, wait, how, did he not defend the interim title in these other fights? He said he fought Anthony Pettis and then Donald Cerrone, but I don't think those were. That's so confusing. I don't know when he was stripped of the title. Oh, he was later stripped of the title due to injury after the Kevin Lee fight. So he never, so he never yeah. defended the title. But so did, he, didn't he, he become Edison's the interim by beating Kevin Lee? Yeah, he beat Kevin Lee for the interim. And then yeah. when it was, but then when he had a chance to win the interim again, he lost to Justin Gaethje. Yeah. I, yeah. It's tough because he got injured and he was never the same. Like it's one of those things too. I, I think though, when he goes into the Hall of Fame, because he should, the, the thing that you can't take away from Tony, though, is that he was, like, the number one contender for, like, three years. Yeah, it was, like, like 12 fights straight. 12 fights straight. <laughs> clearly number one contender. Just him and Khabib can never get it lined up. And t- like, right? Five so, times or whatever. <laughs> right. So uh, that's yeah. that part. So the fact that he actually won an interim title with it, I mean, I, I think that it's championship worthy, I guess you would say. 
But I do think UFC is a little bit different. When it comes to the pro wrestling, like I said, Moxley has walked around with that title for basically two months, defended it multiple times, you know, with Brody King and Jericho and Takashita. MJF. Oh, sorry. Wait, no, MJF was like MJF. He's been. Wait, I'm sorry. MJF was the first title run. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about just like these yeah. two months. But he's he's definitely um, defended it multiple times. So I, I look at him when I when when it's all said and done, I would put him as a two time AEW champion, in my opinion. I think that's fair. Maybe I need to update his action figure. What would I do with the uh, with the AEW um, Jazzwares figs? I. I put like, like for instance, my Kenny Omega that I have on my, you know, I have a few different Kenny Omegas, but there's one that I have on like a championship like shelf and he's wearing yeah. an AEW world title and he has an AEW tag team title. Same with Hangman. So like I'm going to, so Mox has a world title on him, but I think I got to get him a second world title to put on him. I'm trying to, I'm kind of like keeping track of like the championship wins almost like in my collection. If that makes sense. But I feel you. Yeah, I give the belts to who I like. I don't, I don't care if it's accurate or not. Like, oh, you get the title. Um, Even people have never won the belt. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do. You'll it. do it. What? The hell? It's mine. It's my collection. <laughs> do what I want. It's your fig fed. That's true. Yep. Just because they've made mistakes, don't mean I have. To. Yeah, yeah. You're booking. So. You're booking the territory. Exactly. Listen, Will Ospreay gets a gets a unrivaled figure or whatever. He's getting the title immediately. Man, you ever come back into your into your room and like there's like a few figures that are like down in some position that looks like it might have been like a Toy Story type scenario while you were gone. Nah, I mean it it happens, but yeah. I don't think of that. No, no. <laughs> no those days are over. No, I'm um, kidding. But that happens to me all the time. We're all like come into my room and like something has fallen, but it takes out like an entire section of stuff, no, like a sure. domino effect. And I'm just for like, sure. I'm not going to rule out like somebody like, comes to life type scenario. But. The worst is like sitting here and then all of a sudden and you just hear like, boom, 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 you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. No. I know that feeling uh, for sure. Awesome. <laughs> Got a super chat from Alexander Fitzgerald. I appreciate it, man. Uh, thank you as always. Do you see MJF possibly interfering after the Mox and Punk match at All Out to set up MJF versus Punk? I feel like that's the best time for MJF to return. I have always felt like MJF and Punk are linked. There is a reason why CM Punk came out after MJF cut that promo on Tony Khan and asked for his release. Uh, there's been no CM Punk, so there's been no MJF. So to me, that makes the most sense that if we haven't seen him, then All Out would make sense for him to debut and we could possibly get Punk in MJF and Arthur Ashe. I'm not saying that you know could happen, but it's a possibility. Um, I just think that we are getting close to getting back MJF regardless. He's just whatever the situation is with them, he just can't sit out all the way till 2024. Like it's just not gonna happen. So I I think that now if I don't if we don't see him in the next couple of months, I have I have no clue what the hell's going on. I mean, that'd be like four months out and what are we doing? You know what I mean? But yeah, whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, I love this idea, um, Alexander Fitzgerald. Um, you know, I've 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 long advocated for the uh the situation of MJF beating CM Punk for that world title eventually. 
So I would I would love I would love for them to set that up. But who knows what's going on with MJF? You know, I'm like you said, there's no way he's just gonna sit out until 2024, but it's a matter of like, you know, now there's reports coming out once again. Shout out fightful.com. But you know, they're reporting stuff that like WWE has like been reaching out to like certain people in AEW seeing like kind of when they're gonna be free and available and stuff like that. Like things are getting very interesting. Like, and obviously people aren't gonna name names, but like y'all don't think the triple H is interested in like man, what's going on with Jericho? You know what I mean? Like, I know a lot of friends over there, you know what I mean? Like, like he's had a good I think Jericho's I think Jericho's is coming up too. Like, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like I, I mean, there, there's going to be former WWE guys. I mean, I think, I think Moxley will at least answer the phone. Like, I don't think he's going to go back. I think he's having way too much fun doing what he's doing currently. But like, there's going to be former WWE wrestlers that I never sure will go back. Say never. I'm yep. telling you right now, it does not matter when it comes to it. Like, it, it really all depends on what happens, and I'll. I think I think one that they could have definitely contacted was Swerve because they just brought back the hit row and right. then they probably wanted to know like, hey, how much longer's on your deal? You know, like do we have a can we bring him back in or something like that? I could see that happening. Yeah, yeah. I uh I I, I could see that as well. I, I, I think that I think it'd be really I it's got <laughs> No, no, he's not. I'm sorry to break the no, news. Sorry, man. Um, R.I.P. Yeah. Oh man. So, um, <laughs> I love Scott Hall, though. Coolest wrestler ever. Um, but yeah, what, what you know, I, I think it'd be interesting to see with Nick Khan, kind of the being the the business guy behind the WWE now, and him being a sports agent for all those years and stuff if they look into the idea of like buying people's contracts out, like if they, if they reached out to like an Adam Cole, who's locked in for five more years, but they can work something out with Tony where it's like, you know, I'm not saying Adam Cole specifically. I'm just saying like the idea that the AEW has a roster that's like overflowing with talent currently. And there's a lot of people lost in the mix and they might be yep. seeing opportunities to get into the WWE. Now it's wild. Cause like WWE at this point, this is a big reason why I thought it was so smart when Cody went back when he did. He's like a big fish in a small pond, pond now with the WWE because like the, the big fish is Roman and there's really hardly any other big fish over there. The company is like a giant, like that's the giant pond, but like you're, you know, there's not a lot of big fish in that giant pond. That's why someone like AJ Styles, like even when he's not doing a lot, AJ Styles is still AJ Styles. Like he's still like he's still a big fish in that pond. Like, cause there just isn't that many stars there really. And there's opportunity there for people to become big stars. I think under triple H and yeah. there might be people that are like, man, they're not really doing anything with me. I've got another two years on my deal, but like, I'm never on TV. Like, you know, maybe they're okay with having their contracts bought out and brought over. I mean, I think though, I think the possibilities are going to really open up for stuff. We we've talked about the idea of trades and stuff like that. I think, I think those are actual possibilities with Triple H and Nick Khan and uh, Stephanie being in charge. I legitimately do. So, I think it's all on the table. I really do. And I, you know, one thing I think would be dope too is like with the documentaries and stuff, if they could work out a deal, because we've already seen some of that, but like it'd be mutual where WWE wrestlers could also talk about AEW if they jump ship like Cody. 
like if they wanted to do one on the EVPs and Cody actually talked about what happened in AEW from WWE, like I think that would be sick and it would be a a cool way to kind of, because like I said, we saw Jericho on Austin's podcast. Like, why not do stuff like that? Um, And I think Triple H would probably be more open to that. And it's funny too, because I was watching the DX a&E biography right and like they had to tell Vince that like we're way behind the times right and I have a feeling that they the the people that are there now are telling Triple H like we're way behind the times man like we need to do something so um I'm very interested in where this all goes but I'll say this like I'm looking forward to the next WWE pay-per-view I'm looking forward to the next AEW pay-per-view. I'm looking forward to all of it. Like, I just think it's all going to be fun and a good time. And and uh, did you catch any of Raw? Um, I watched Better Call Saul for at least like an hour and a half of that. I, I know I watched something on Raw. What was it? I think I watched the, the, the main event was uh, Ziggler and... Theory. Theory, yeah. It was a, I mean, it was a pretty good match. I heard that AJ did you and see was Kevin, good. Yeah, did you see Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre's promo and in their match? No, but I saw something on Twitter where, like, McIntyre was saying he was a wrestler and he was wrestling a bunch. Well, he said that we're wrestlers, so let's – and I want to right. wrestle or let's wrestle. Like, they right. really made sure of that. And also, like, Drew McIntyre brought the fire. Like, because basically Kevin Owens called him like a chosen one. And he's like, I wasn't the chosen one. I got fired and I busted my ass to come back here and, you know, like that. And and then Owens also had a good promo as well. Like, it was a good back and forth. And then before that, there was a decent match. And then, and then Seth Rollins and Riddle had an all right segment that was pretty good. And then you had uh, Bobby Lashley and AJ had a match. And... Um, there was like a little small video package of ha- talking about how AJ and Bobby have never wrestled before, and they they made it feel like kind of a big deal. I'm surprised that's never happened before. Never happened before because AJ was in TNA when Bobby was doing his thing, and then by the time that Bobby was back in TNA, AJ was off to the Indies and not TNA at all. And then well, I figured in the last few years, WWE, yeah, yeah, just never yeah. happened. Because they've probably both been faces or whatever, just never crossed paths. It was actually a pretty good match, and I mean AJ's still very good. Um, so, so I noticed that, and then like they're making a pretty big deal that Edge is facing uh, Damian Priest in Toronto. So like it's like it's not just you know eh, here we are next week. Like they're kind of focusing on certain stuff to get stuff over. So uh, they're um, they're definitely heading in the right direction. Big, big uh, question mark. A little concerned you didn't bring this guy up. What's going on with Omos? Uh, hopefully nothing. Was he That's not on Raw or anything? I, I don't I didn't watch all of Raw. I just oh, watched it sounded like, pieces. Oh. Oh, listen, you sir. Said that's I'm not, that I'm not, sounded, listen, sir. Like I'm not sitting there watching all three hours of Raw. It just is not happening. It's one of mm-hmm. Raw's one of those things that like you could turn on and like you could go and do your dishes and just kind of turn your head every now and then and see what's going on. Or you could like do the laundry and just, you know, if you hear the crowd pop, mm-hmm. run out there and see what's going on and kind of go back. It's mm-hmm. not like dynamite where it's just like as soon as it starts, just boom, here we go. Right. Um, 
but it, it was it's it's definitely improving i'll say that that's good someone in the chat let me know what omas is doing um but no i'm with you i i that's if if especially during football season like i i have the two tvs and like i honestly whether or not i watch raw is going to be dependent on whether cody's on the show or not or if i'm too lazy to literally turn on a second television <laughs> like that's literally like i'll be watching football on mondays um but um but it sounds like they might be doing a draft soon and then that'll kind of change the direction things i bet there's going to be two belts again that way that's not just roman having the only title so it'll be interesting to kind of see how that goes especially with cody rhodes and and all that so um because because the money matches cody winning against roman not going in there against you know something else that's no. a good one no they no you created no. the wrestlemania 20 ending that's the icing no. on the cake just the I'll idea just, i'll just turn the damn thing off seeing omos ending mm -hmm. wrestlemania holding each nope. world championship with confetti raining down no negative negative this, this is a travesty in wrestling. It should never happen. So. <laughs> so, I want nothing to do with any. Everyone would be like, man, we got to get Vince Man back. <laughs> pretty much. Vince things back. things Vince have back. got out of hand. Yeah. Like, you know, and Vince is the one that's supposed to be in love with the tall yeah. guys. So I don't, I don't know. Um, but, but yeah, like decent sign. Um, let's get into Cactus's super chat and then we'll talk about the Bucks. Uh, Appreciate Cactus. Uh, thoughts on the G1 as it winds down, picks for semis and finals. So the semifinals now is Osprey versus Naito, and they've never wrestled before. So I'm super excited for that match. And that's tonight. Like, if you guys want to stay up really late, you can watch it. Um, otherwise, you can catch it in the morning. And then it is Okada and Tamatanga, which I just did not expect at all. Uh, that was a surprise. And I don't really, I didn't pay attention enough. So I don't really know the storyline of Tomatunga right now. And I don't know why he was able to pass Jay White because Jay White was like 5-0 and going into the match. So I don't know how Tomatunga got all those points. I, I, the last match is the most points. I get that, but like, I just, I, I'm, I'm blown away that, that that match is happening. My hope is that Okada wins, Osprey wins. And then the G1 final is Okada and Osprey. And Osprey finally wins the G1 by beating Okada. I think New Japan's probably going to play it safe, and it probably will be Okada and Naito, and Okada will win. That's that's my guess. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, I'm very out of the loop on New Japan, but all those matches sound great. Um, all those matchups. I heard Lance <laughs> Archer and Okada killed it. Oh, good. I mean, Lance Archer can really go. It's kind of a shame that, like, he's stuck in like this really weird role and like AEW and stuff. He's a dude. He's a guy that triple H, if he can get him back, he'd be big in the WWE. I think if they brought him back. Um, but I wonder what triple H feels about age. I don't know. I mean, you got to get a little more optimistic though. When you, when you see what some of these guys are doing nowadays, I mean, I, there's of course guys like sting that are like outliers doing it late in their sixties still at like the level he's doing, but there's going to be a lot more guys like Jericho and stuff. I think in the future, like the better medicine gets and, and, you know, the more like yoga and stretching and, you know, like uh, somebody should, if Brian cage wasn't in a contract, it would make a lot of sense for him to go to WWE. I think. talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. It would. If 
there wasn't a big elephant in the room. Yeah, I, I don't think they care about that elephant though. They you don't really think don't. so? No, but Man, Batista used to work for that company. Like they don't they don't care. Yeah, well, they do have like those like loopholes, I guess, or at least allegedly they do, where like you can, if you're like there a quote unquote part timer, you're like you don't have to do the same testing and all that stuff. They'll they'll figure it out. Yeah, that's true. Out. I'm sure they will. I'm sure. But anyways, yeah, I, I uh, yeah, Brian Cage, I think would make he's he's kind of stuck in a rut. But anyway, with with New Japan, I'm also seeing um, just on the topic of New Japan, I I saw that it looks like there's going to be AW involvement in Wrestle Kingdom, which rules. So like if we can get oh, like Omega, yeah, Omega and Danielson, like in Moxley and Jericho, like those would be kind of my four guys. Like that I really, I mean, if they can get like Daniel Garcia, Wheeler Yuta, some of those guys too, to mix it up. Like, I mean, be a badass show. I mean, if they, if they build it like forbidden door two, but going on to Japan soil, I think that would be pretty sweet. Yeah, I just oh, don't I know say. how much Tony Khan wants to do that and then have huge matches outside of AEW or maybe they could figure out a way to where like there could be distribution for AEW as well and they can like put it on TBS or something certain matches or something I don't know but uh I definitely think it could be a hell of a wrestle kingdom definitely yeah, I agree uh this is a little bit off topic but this happened tonight and I wanted to throw this out there real quick before I forgot um, you know, I cover NXT UK for the Fightful Select Weekender podcast, and I actually think it's a good show. It's like a, it's a, it, the matches are good, the storylines make sense. Uh, there's good payoffs, and like especially when they're on like a takeover, the NXT UK title matches I think are always great. They had great champions. I see a lot of really good stuff about the brand. Um, and tonight I saw that after I got I don't know who Braun Breaker wrestled, but I saw Braun Breaker was in the ring at the end of the show tonight. And NXT UK, their champion, Ilya Dragunov, had to retain. Like, this is, like, in real time, this was, like, a month ago. He had to, uh, or sorry, vacate. I, I might said retain, but he had to vacate his title um, due to injury. And, like, currently on the show, week by week right now, they're doing a tournament to, to crown a new NXT UK champion. But tonight, like... Tyler Bate just like walked out with the NXT UK championship and confronted Ron Breaker. And we're like weeks away from him winning the title on the show. So like nobody, no one knew he was the champion, which was yeah. very confusing. So um, shout out to Tyler Bate. I, I love Tyler Bate. I think he's, I think he's great. Wrestler. I yeah. think he's great. Yeah, I just think it's really wild underrated. That just like, I mean, not, not that a lot of people, I guess, follow NXT UK, but they just spoiled their next like, I don't know how many weeks of NXT UK television by just having him just walk out with the title tonight. I just thought it was kind of strange that they would do that. I wonder what Triple H thinks about NXT UK. You would think that they would almost just want to merge it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, and especially because it doesn't Shawn Michaels pretty much just like run NXT UK at this point. And like, I think they're, they are kind of integrating it right now anyway. Apparently there's like some, con there's some concern about, um, like some of their TV tapings coming up, I think have been canceled in the UK and they're starting to film some more stuff in the U S and they also recently brought a lot of the U S talent to the UK for tapings and stuff. And like, so I think they said too, that like one of their next, like the network specials or whatever is NXT UK versus NXT. Yeah. Which would make so. sense. Um, but people, sh y'all shouldn't sleep on NXT UK. You really shouldn't. I think it's a good show and they got a lot of really good wrestlers there. I think Charlie 
Yeah, sleeve it. Dude, Charlie Dempsey's really good. William Regal's son. He's like oh yeah, diamond in the rough. Yeah, not getting any flying completely under the radar. Um, Tyler Bates still as good as he as he's ever been. Trent Seven's better than he's ever been as a heel now. Um, Dragonov's great. Um, they got a lot yeah, of really Dragunov's good talent good. Um, even like Tio Man, like he does this like flip DDT that looks brutal. I mean, like they they that's the other thing because like no one's paying attention. They're doing like all these sick moves that like you would never see on Raw. <laughs> like it's a uh, yeah, it's, anyway, I think it's a, I think it's a good show. Um, when people are saying they showed Quincy tonight, my boy Quincy Elliott, I talked about him on the spotlight with Jeremy on Thursday. Um, Bro. And, it, he, and, he, and he saw it and followed me on Twitter. Shout out, shout out Quincy Elliott if you happen to see this. My next uh, I, I, WWE rankings for me as far as like my favorites, it's, it's Cody Rhodes and then Quincy Elliott. So let's go. He looks like Jer- He looks like Velveteen Dream like let himself go let's just say that <laughs> oh my god yeah okay anyway um yeah he's like he's a super diva shout out quincy elliott um, yeah he's gonna be he was, he's gonna be a star in the WWE system i feel it he was eating he was eating air what do you mean like pretending to eat air what do you mean like he was in doing his promo on the show? yeah in his promo it's like Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's not, it's, it's not gonna work. I think he sucks. Quincy had a promo and said he's coming soon. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, he's, it was on y'all. Twitter. It was on okay. Twitter. See, I wasn't on. And Twitter I and I Twitter. watched it and I was like, oh my god, this is awful. Dude, Quincy Elliott rules. I'm I guess they you, wanted. I'm not gonna let you besmirch the good name. Of Quincy I guess Elliott they wanted to. Uh, Combat Sunny Kiss coming back to AEW, no, so that they have their own different version. Are you looking for it? It's pretty terrible. Yeah, I just uh, quote tweeted it. Awesome. Anyways, not a fan, but um, let's talk about what you and I have been waiting for for ten months. I think the wait is finally over. I think, uh, I think that, um, you know, like I said, they could always swerve us, but I actually think this is happening. I think it's almost to the point to where it's like, uh, like CM Punk, where it's so obvious, but they won't actually say it. I think that's where we're at. The only thing that I find it weird is, um, like, do do you really debut Kenny Omega back at to West at West Virginia? Like, that's such a weird random spot to do. But I mean, I guess if you're gonna do it, you just do it. Uh, so, is there how far out anyways, from all out? Like, like three weeks a month? We're yeah, we're like three weeks, yeah. three weeks away. Yeah. Anyways, I think Kenny Omega is finally making his return tomorrow night, which you get CM Punk back, you get Kenny Omega back. If we can get MJF back, if we can get the Undisputed Era medically cleared or whatever, like we are cooking with grease. Like this thing is definitely back to kind of where it was when it was peak momentum. And I'm just really looking forward to getting everybody back and then the matches that we're going to get. And under the radar, 
Will Ospreay is coming back to AEW in the trios tournament as well with Aussie Open. And if the Elite win and Will Ospreay and Aussie <laughs> Open win, then they will have to face each other based off the bracket. And all I ask is there will be that moment where they both hot tag and Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay go into the ring together and I need the crowd to just lose their mind. I need to let them send the message that we want this match. Um, uh, and if that happens, this whole thing was a work between him and Kenny. Like, 100%. <laughs> like, it, you don't put them in the same bracket and all that other stuff if this wasn't a work. So, um, Aussie Open and um, Osprey, they have to be who death triangle yeah which i don't think is gonna happen but i'm just saying if it does then this thing is a work to set up kenny and osprey but i think if kenny and osprey get in the ring and they get like the crowd goes nuts i honestly don't think they should even touch like they should be tagged back out or like get attacked or something like i would save it for like the singles match personally i would just do it i would let them have like you know where they literally just go balls to the wall for like 30 seconds of face off and then tag out and people are like oh my god i need like reverse this. each other's finishers real quick and yep, bail the whole like, thing like yeah. and then just bail out because they're both like almost intimidated by how good each one is and they're just like no i'm not in the mood for that right now let's tag out the spider-man meme where they're like looking at each other pointing because it was other. like it's like uh like all in all in when Rey mysterio and koto abushi tagged in the exact same time and the place went completely nuts like that's what i want for osprey and omega like yeah god that'd be awesome <laughs> if you guys want to see osprey and omega smash that freaking like button talk this thing into existence if you don't please smash that like button i don't care smash the like button help us out and uh if you guys have any other super chats send them our way um, if you're excited about Kenny Omega coming back, smash the like button. And I guess, well, also think of how much the roster has changed since Kenny has left. So like, what are some top matches that you want Kenny Omega to be involved in when coming back? So real quick, I want to, I want to say like, speaking of the roster and, and all of that tomorrow night, we're also getting Daniel Garcia versus Brian Danielson, Amazing. two out of three yep. falls. Like that's going to be sick. Um, that's a and, sleeper match. Yeah, it's gonna yeah, it's gonna be incredible. And and that goes along to answer your question. Like, I want to see Dana Garcia versus uh Kenny Omega. Um, I want to see Kenny Omega versus like Ricky Starks, but after Ricky is built for another like six months. Like, and I don't care if it's babyface, babyface, like however they do it. Like, I want to I, I think Ricky Starks gonna be a, a, a big star for AEW in like half a year to a year as like a guy on his own. Um uh, a, a, a jungle boy coming out of a win out of, out of, out of a Christian feud rematching Kenny, I think would be sick with like where both of them are at. I'm just thinking, I'm trying to think maybe a little out of the box. I mean, there's obviously going to be like the obvious ones. Like I want to see him and Adam Cole, like, obviously that's yeah. going to happen. Like that's inevitable. Um, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. Um, CM Punk, of course, like, you know, there's I obvious think... ones. I think a dope one would be if they did the trios would be the Bucks and Kenny versus FTR and Punk. Yeah, I love that. That I would be sick. Agree. Um, that would that would be awesome. 
MJF and Kenny would be sick if MJF comes yes. back. Especially if like MJF is basically the champion and Kenny is like the underdog, not the underdog, but the the baby face that people are hoping can save AEW. You know, like I think that would be a cool storyline. Yeah, there's a lot of great options. Um, I mean, it's really honestly endless because like I'd want to see Kenny against everyone on that roster. If I'm being completely honest, like the roster is stacked and they're all. Uh, some of our matchups we've seen, and they'd be great to see again, and some are completely new matchups we've never seen before. So I think Kenny and Brian Danielson need to run it back. Oh, absolutely. We, we didn't get really a clear cut on that. I think um, I would like to see like Kenny and Swerve. I think that would be dope. I think Kenny and there's there's a lot of guys that I think Kenny and Miro would have an awesome match. There's a lot of guys I want to see Kenny face. Kenny and Cesar or, uh, or Claudio. Um, yeah, that would be sick. I didn't even yeah. think about that one. Man. Alexander Fitzgerald said Kenny and Samoa Joe. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, literally, if, the possibilities are endless. Like When uh, Takashita decides to come back, Kenny yeah. versus Takashita all day long because they're very similar in the ring, in my opinion. Both I, from I think that would be awesome. Yeah, like, they got similar history. That's really cool. Um, oh, God, yes. That. I love this match too because <laughs> I think Buddy Matthews is criminally underrated. I think he's so good when he's, he's been really under the radar in AEW. Yes, because he's part of a trios group that you know if 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 they actually get because he was he was out for a while too, like he was doing some type of other thing in Australia, I think, for a while, and now he's back. So. I would love to see him. I, I honestly would love to see him break up with that group and kind of go on his own. But you take what you can get right now, just get on TV and see what happens. And they're going to make the finals. Like the trust, the what are those things? Trust, trust busters, busters. They're going to lose to the best friends. And then the best friends will end up facing um, the the House of Black in the finals because the House of Black have to face somebody that's not that great either. Like that's a that's a really weak bracket. I don't remember what it was, but they're gonna a dark order. Them. Yeah, exactly. Garbage. So, anyways, they'll. But there is a story that potentially the Dark Order and the Elite because like Hangman's like in the corner of the Dark Order. If like they can somehow make a run to the finals. There's potential story there. I I see the story. See, I think by them losing, Hangman is going to be tired of hanging out with these guys. Like, you can already tell the dick jokes and all this stuff are just kind of like, the Hangman's just kind of like, all right, guys. Like, it's just, he's not amused by these guys as much anymore on BTE. Like, they're hinting at it. And so, like, when these guys lose and Kenny and the Bucks win, I think that's what's going to really have him be like, I've had enough of this group. You know what I mean? And and whatever he decides to do. But I I I think it's it could it, it could come down. But I, but like I said, I I don't see the Dark Order beating uh, the House of Black. I just don't. And if yeah. if they do, we riot. It's the mm-hmm. only way is if Adam Page joins that Dark Order group. If Adam Page joins that Dark Order group, then maybe. But if it is just that versus the House of Black, there's just absolutely no way they should win that match. And also, I um, 
I might just like eventually message Jeremy Fidauer about this, like, cause I've had it on my mind for a while now and I haven't seen anything about this. Maybe I've missed it, but my number one want for any AW figure right now would be hangman page in like the, <coughs> in like the dark order, uh, like the, the purple rose, uh, no, stuff that he the, wore when they all the came entrance. out together. Yeah. Like that would be, I want the, the whole, what makes the cowboy thing. I, I love that, that entry. And then like, the, the the cherry on top was the elite squad coming out after and like shooting hoops and stuff like in the, in the space jam gear like that was yeah i mean i loved dude i loved that whole that, that whole segment and the, and the the match was awesome too like that was and there were stakes on the line because that had to do with uh hangman trying to get to kenny's world title like yeah anyways give me the hangman page with the uh, the purple roses uh gear that's I, I want that from from Jazzwares. That shouldn't be too difficult. They could definitely come up with that. But I paint it. I love stuff like that when it comes to pro wrestling. Like I I think that all that, especially when you're having special matches and things, like the way that this is set up, they're supposed to be promoting um, Game of Thrones because it's coming this Sunday or whatever the new series, which will probably be a bunch of woke nonsense. But anyways they're going to have uh, that show on Sunday. And I think that the set should have a dragon. Like, I think that they should go all out. And I don't know if you saw, but Ricky, the dragon steamboat will be there uh, really? tomorrow. Yeah, yes. I didn't see that. And that's perfect. Right. Cause that's wrestling mixed with game of Thrones, like the promotion. And I think it's a good sign with Warner brothers discovery that they're choosing them to help promote a big IP that they have. So if they had no faith in them, I don't think they would be like, hey, let's do a whole Game of Thrones theme week, you know? And then Tony is busting out the big guns by giving you Kenny Omega and a two out of three falls with Daniel Garcia and Brian Danielson. Like it, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be damn good. Now let me ask you, Doug, when yes, Ricky sir. the Dragon Steamboat shows up on Dynamite tomorrow. Should he attempt to blow a fireball? Uh, That'd be pretty cool. I'm, I'm I'm okay with the fireball. I thought you were about to go the Ric Flair path. Well, we're just not going there. It's but over. I mean, it'd be even sadder if like it'd be sadder than Flair if like he went for the fireball and like somehow like lit like it went bad for him. Like the like he caught oh, a fire God. or something. Oh. Yeah, that'd be really bad. I mean, I'm not, I'm not wishing that upon him. Obviously, I'm just saying, like, like things could go bad. Like, like blowing fire isn't exactly safe, but, but <laughs> I, I think it'd be pretty badass to see Ricky the Dragon Steamboat blow this like a massive fireball on that show tomorrow. <laughs> so. so I've never had 7-Eleven pizza. So if it's good, then okay, I agree with you. If it sucks, then I think you're being rude to buddy so we'll go with that i don't know anybody had 7-eleven pizza i don't think so but i will say um i don't know if y'all have qts or, or quick trips um any of y'all listening or or any but um quick trip is very slept on um they have really good like bro. milkshakes and stuff too bro yeah we we have buckies i've heard about that touch i've heard about Bucky, that buckies is life ask ethan page like he always marks out for bucky's i always see people taking pictures like like outside of bucky's like they're like yeah i found a bucky's i'm like i mean and it doesn't matter what time of day it is it is so busy because it's always off of the highway 
So people are just like driving off of the highway and it's just, it's literally like 72 pumps of get, like for gas. And then it's like, it is as big, God, it, it, I'd say it's like a quarter of a Walmart, but it's a gas station. Like it is, it is massive. And then they have all sorts of stuff. Nice. Yeah. I know people get excited okay. over it. Cool. So. <laughs> so it was awesome 3 a.m at the front house anything was good at 3 a.m back when you're in college i used to have a spot called wings cafe i used to frequent after the bars closed because it was like in the parking lot of the place i lived when i first started going to college the place got like you know how, how like every restaurant they'll have to like like put like the paper up on the on the window of like their like the score they got for the like the inspection or whatever like I remember this place having like the lowest score I've ever seen, and just we, we just didn't care. Like we were just like we we're just always like too drunk to care in the middle of the night. So, um, yeah, w Waffle House is really like kind of the go-to where I'm from. Is uh, like three in the morning. Waffle House is usually kind of the the spot. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so yeah, exciting things going on in AEW. Um, exciting things going on in WWE. There's a, uh, so, so let's, let's kind of recap and kind of see where we're heading it all out at this point. So we have Sammy Guevara versus Eddie Kingston. We have John Moxley versus CM Punk. We definitely have Jungle Boy versus Christian. Yep. Um, we have the trios finals, which in my opinion will likely be the elite versus the house of black, which I, that's awesome. That should be great um what else what am i missing i know there's some others do you think ftr finds a way to face uh a swerve and lee i mean they should based on merit alone they should have a title match um but but they just they just align themselves with wardlow right who ftr yeah, like they came and helped Wardlow. Yeah, honestly, I'm I'm a bit confused by some of the AEW stories going on right now. Like I'm, I watch it every week, but it, it is a lot to, to Starks versus Hobbs, Thunder yeah, that, versus that Storm. I, I think that'll happen as well. I and think I think Danielson Tony Storm might actually win. Danielson and Jericho is interesting because a lot of people are like, but like no. it, it's not that bad of a deal because. Like they've only wrestled that one time at NXT that was like ten minutes, right? I don't think they've ever wrestled it since then. I don't know. I definitely remember that match though. That was uh, the first NXT show. Um, yeah, Jericho was his mentor. Um, well, it was the Miz was. His oh, sorry, that's mentor. right. That's right. Yeah, and then but he, Jericho like, wrestled him in the main event of that show. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, but I but I really don't think that they've had a match or a feud or anything like that. So I think that that would be pretty badass match and if you want to test yourself to see where you're still at like that's that's the one to have and i also i mean yes danielson and jericho both had very very successful careers in the wwe but i don't really consider them like like they're like they are wwe guys but, but like they're not like jericho and danielson or have been so successful in wrestling that even if you took their WWE careers out of it, they still have impressive careers, WWE excluded, which is kind of crazy. Like if you just took Danielson's Ring of Honor and indie career 
And then what he's done in AEW so far, like it'd be, I mean, obviously his WWE run puts him on like a legendary level with his WrestleMania wins and stuff. But like Jericho, a little bit different after doing it, you know, for so long, you can look at his pre ECW career, his ECW career, his WCW career and his AEW career, not even mention his WWE career, you know, yep. kind of crazy. Um, yep. So yeah, they're, and there are two guys world traveled, have a lot of similarities, both been in the game for super long. I'm, I'm just, obviously that, down for that. That's a pay-per-view match. Like yes. that that looks good on, on pay-per-view, the card and everything. So all that looks to be pretty badass. It looks to be really uh, a, a really good show. Yeah, Wardlow versus Lethal for the TNT title. That's one of them, right? They've been building to that. Well, they've well, they've they've already had those matches though, and now the FTRs got involved. I do like this idea um, where Lethal would get That's to right. Briscoes, and then it would be Wardlow and FTR versus Lethal and the Briscoes, because it really seems like the Briscoes aren't done with FTR, and they they kind of hinted at that after the match, so. And they and just, the won the just won the GCW yeah. titles. So interesting to where they go. Yeah, we still got to see FTR and GCW. That's got to happen. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that will happen. That'd be sick, though. Because the problem is, is Tony's booking them in Ring of Honor, and <laughs> then they have AAA, and it's like, man, like, I just – there's too much going on. There just is too much going on. Like I, I love, I love it all, but I also don't want stuff to lose importance either. Yeah, I think no, that's I get the that. Issue. I get that. But yeah, I'm, I. But like FTR is still doing like random indies and stuff, even in between everything. Like they're still, they're still grinding. Like FTR yeah, really made it not pretty clear that much. It's just yeah. you know where they're they're picking and choosing to go i guess but but yeah like, like i think you're about to say they made it pretty clear they're not going to last forever so. right like and and in the, yeah they 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 basically said as much that they're gonna you know they're basically enjoying while while we can and maybe they're just going to try to knock everything they can off of their bucket list while they got it while they got a chance to i hope they're not done anytime soon though i mean they're like they feel like they're oh, just like, in their primes now so well, and then like, what do you do? What do you do with like a punk title ring, right? Because I just can't see them him regaining the title and then losing like three weeks later to MJF. Like, I just, I just find that hard to believe. So yeah. I, I don't know how long that goes um, when it comes to to MJF and Punk and all like. I feel like Punk needs a le- lengthy title reign, and then after that, it like it could be over at any time. Like I, I know that he loves it and all, but like I just don't know how how much longer he can physically go. Like we just saw him break his foot, and you know, off some routine, and uh, he also wasn't able to land the buckshot lariat and all that other stuff. Like I just don't know physically how long he can go. Yeah, but I, I agree with you though that I think he should get a long title run, but it also shouldn't be at the expense of like doing the right thing with MJF when they get him back either. They're gonna have to play this smart. Um, a lot of it, I, I think, rides think he on goes heel. I mean, I I really want him to go heel. I think that'd be great. We do, we need to see him punk heel run at some point. The problem the- is though, is if he goes heel, what do you do with MJF? Well, like- the 
depending on how heel they can get CM Punk, I think you, I think they can get people to cheer MJF over Punk for for that story if they if that's what they're going for. If Punk come, if M, if MJF comes back with the momentum of like that promo he did and he's getting cheered, and Punk is like simultaneously just like shredding the fans. It, I mean, people might be like, screw it. Like, we hate MJF, but we'd rather see MJF than this asshole. You know what I mean? Like, maybe you get, yeah. get, get the fans behind MJF, even just long enough to get the title off of Punk. And then maybe he tells the fans to go screw themselves afterwards. Or maybe he just, I don't know. The thing is, I think MJF should be a heel. Like, I think he works best as a heel. He should, I love yep. how he lives the gimmick, so on and so forth. But if he comes back and starts getting cheered as a massive baby face, like that's, that's possible that that might start happening when he comes back. He absolutely is going to get cheered when he comes back, but he is the guy that can totally just change course immediately and get people to hate him all over again. And he knows how to do that. So I, I I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just think to me, MJF should be that guy that's waiting at the very end of Punk's title reign. So let's say it's been like eight months or something, and then he he has to face MJF again. Like, that's where you drop it. Not, hey, I just came back and I lose again, you know? Like, uh, I don't like yeah, it. I agree. I, I had to go uh, grab a drink real quick. And uh, no while, while I'm grabbing one, I would, uh, I want to, you should answer this question here because I, for, for me, so it says, um, how long can you keep Omega out of the title picture? I think that's probably a big a big reason why Kenny's coming back when he is because he can do trios like and that keeps yep. him doing something really important without having to be in the title picture at the moment. But uh, Doug, if you want to elaborate on that, I'll be back in just a second. Yeah, sure. Um, and while Steven's away, if you haven't smashed that like button, smash that like button. Uh, but I think I think it's going to be hard, honestly, to take Kenny out of it. Like, I, I just think that Kenny is, uh, he, he, he's going to come back. He's going to want to lay low, but I think that he'll be in the title picture pretty soon. So I think, cause personally, I think the biggest box office match that you can have is Kenny Omega versus CM Punk. Like, I, I think that that's like, you sell out Wrigley field for that match. Like that is the match that draws people in. Um, I think that if you do, uh, like I said, I like the idea of Omega versus MJF. If Omega is the one that's like fighting to keep AEW alive and not let MJF destroy AEW. Like, I kind of like that idea because you got to think of how AEW was formed and with the EVPs and everything like MJF is completely anti that, um, I think that that's going to be where things definitely go south is if MJF wins the belt and just like almost tries to turn it into like a WWE, like he craps on all the wrestlers, he craps on the mud show part. He totally pulls a cornet, right? And then who is the most hated by cornet? It's Kenny Omega, Kenny Olivier, right? So then Kenny Omega would come to defend the honor of AEW. And I think that that could be a very uh, meaningful, good storyline that they could do. And I think it would both elevate them because I think Kenny is one of the biggest names in AEW. And I think MJF is MJF is as well. And I think it would be kind of similar to CM Punk, Kenny Omega or CM Punk and MJF, but just with, 
Kenny Omega. So I, I like that idea as well. Um, and I also think, man, at some point, Adam Cole has to win the belt. Adam Cole has to win the belt. He is kind of, I am a little bothered by how skinny Cole is. Like, and I know he's been getting crap being a, the body guy. And then, like, he's never been a big, bulky guy. But to me, he's about as skinny as I've ever seen him. And I just think that it looks, it looks off if he would be the champion. I think that he needs to put on some size, just a little bit, not a ton, but something. Um, and, and I think Kenny and, and Cole have so much history from kicking him out of the Bullet Club to trying to kill him on PT and all that stuff. I think that that is a substantial feud that needs to happen as well. So. I, I would I would say that my next champions that I'm eyeing is Omega, Adam Cole, MJF, Brian Danielson. Like those are the ones that I think need titles, and those are the ones that I think should be in the title picture. And I have no clue what you do with Wardlow. I just I I almost personally would rather have Wardlow go to WWE, especially knowing that Triple H would know how to use him and they could use a guy like that. I think that like a Wardlow and Roman Reigns built up match could be huge. And I just think there's more benefits for someone like a Wardlow in WWE than there is an AEW because I, I feel like AEW has branded itself as more of the smart mark wrestling match company. And I just don't know where Wardlow fits in that. Like, I think he can definitely contribute, but I just have a hard time of him being like the guy. Cause I feel like if he is the guy, then we're becoming more like the WWE and losing that AEW identity. Yeah. I know what you mean. I, and I'm, I feel the same way you do about Wardlow. Like, I think he's done a good job and I think he's yep. gotten very over and like, yep. none, none of the criticism that I would have towards him is, is his fault at all. Like, I think he's, he's actually overperformed in like the situations he's needed to like, he's, Agreed. he's, he's not doing anything wrong, uh, but I, 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 I understand where you're coming from though. At the same time, when like you think of AEW and you think of the world champions and what you want the company to represent, like CM Punk is a little different because like, he's like so famous that like, you kind of have to, you got you got to have him in a, in a top spot, but on top of it, like his stories and his matches with like Darby and MJF and all that stuff, like it were so good that like it's justifiable that CM Punk at his age with his wrestling style and everything like that he could be the AW World Champion. But then after that, it's going to be guys like you're saying, like we're thinking of guys like Omega and Danielson and, and Adam Cole and those kind of dudes, Moxley, and like that's. They're, those are all very different performers than uh, in MJF as well. Those are all very different performers than than Wardlow is. Um, I, I think it's going to be really cool too because I hadn't really thought about this too much. But once we do start seeing more AEW guys going over to WWE, like uh, like you were saying, if Wardlow was to go to WWE, I, I think he'd be a great fit there as well. But yeah. it'd just be really cool, like on camera, to get to those like little things where like. Cody sees Wardlow on screen. He's just like, yep. What's up, man? You know what I mean? It's just like, yep. I, I know you, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, we're going to start seeing like history playing out on different shows based on the two companies we're watching as it happens. 
it's it's becoming more and more now like the WCW versus WWF stuff from back in the day from the perspective of now we have at least like three years of backstory in AEW now. Like it isn't a brand new, co- it's still very new in the grand scheme of things, but it, it isn't a totally new company anymore. We, we have three full years of wrestlers and stories and stuff. So now if they start showing up on WWE TV, it's like, it's not just like, oh, that's AEW wrestler Wardlow. It's like, oh dude, I remember Wardlow and Cody having that cage match when Wardlow debuted. Like, and now they're both in the WWE and now they're both stars. Yep. And like, they're like fighting for the WWE world title. Like, it's it just brings a whole different element to both companies now it, it, it makes things more exciting yeah for sure and then what do you think what do you think of starks's ceiling i don't think he really has one outside of potentially his age like that's really he's not like super old but he's, he's he has a lot of miles on him he's been he, people don't realize he's been wrestling for like 20 years professional wrestling like because you know, he had a whole career pre uh, pre AEW. He just never made it in the WWE, and that was 100% strictly because of his size. Like that's the only reason. Like he had a few chances of like as like enhancement talent and stuff. But um, and I think he even I think he trained with the Undertaker to like help the Undertaker come back for one of the WrestleManias because he lives in Texas near where Undertaker does. So like Ricky's been on the WWE radar forever, literally for two decades, yeah. but. Um, but that's the only, that's literally the only thing I could see being a potential issue. Uh, cause I don't think the size thing is going to be very much of an issue with triple H and the WWE and it definitely already isn't an issue in AEW. So and I don't, I don't think Ricky is to the point to where he is like, you know, uh, so small that we can't give him opportunities. Like he's, no. he's, he's like that six foot, probably like something around there. I would say, um, and he, he can really talk on the mic. I'm very curious to see how his baby face run goes in AEW because, and the question is like, who do you put over? Do you put over Hobbs or do you put over Starks? Like, do you put Starks as that baby face and just send him to the moon or how do you, how do you do it? Personally, personally, yes. Although I think the ceiling is just as high for Hobbs as it is for Starks. It's just Starks is yeah. like ready right now to be that guy. Hobbs yeah. could be too, but like once again, Hobbs were talking like a handful of years of experience. Starks were talking two decades of like preparing for this moment. Like, right. And he's been good for a long time. Like I said, I, I only think because we also have to remember before AEW started and WWE was really the only place that was like signing people, unless they were just going to put you on like a 205 Live or something, you were like a Blake Christian or an Anthony Henry or, or Kurt yep. Stallion or something like that. Like, that's kind of like what Ricky Starks would have like fallen into if the WWE would have signed him before AEW existed. He just didn't really have very many options. Like I remember I was watching him in the NWA around that time and he was very, very good, but like he just had no future on like a mainstream level because he didn't have, he wasn't big enough for WWE. Do you think if Ricky was around when NXT was like in its prime, like he was around, but I mean, like yeah. they actually signed him, invested in him, whatever. Do you think he would have been like a big star in NXT? I think it's possible, but I also think the, I think he would have drawn a lot of unfair comparisons to the rock also then, if that yeah. makes sense, which like, cause remember like Sonny Siaki in TNA, yep. remember what happened Definitely. to him? 
like 100%. I I feel like that would have happened to Ricky Starks if if the first taste that the fans Sunny had of him was in the WWE. No. But you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like oh, he was straight 100%. up trying to be like the Rock, but he looked like him. You know what and I so mean? Does, like, so does Ricky. You know yeah. what I mean? Like a lot of the same type of mannerisms, the way they deliver, like on promos and stuff, facial expressions, like even the way they dress, like very clean dressed and everything, like very similar vibe. It's just the Rock is you know six five and shredded or whatever. Like that's yep. the only difference really. But Ricky, I think is very, very charismatic. Um, but I just feel like it's probably a good thing that, I mean, it's definitely a good thing. Things worked out the way they did, because I, I honestly think he's going to be one of the biggest stars in AEW's future. And if he isn't, I think he's going to be one of the biggest stars in WWE's future. Like in one of these two companies, if he can stay uninjured, like, like avoid serious injuries, he still has a, a window of probably ten, five to 10 years where he could be one of the top stars in either of the companies. And yeah. Hobbs, I feel like the same way. It's just Hobbs is different because he's a bigger guy with less experience, but he's, he's rapidly improved. Like he's way better now than he was when he showed up in AEW the first time. And well, like if you look at like just the hosses, right? In in AEW, I mean, you have Wardlow, you have Hobbs, you have Miro, you have Claudio, like Archer, Archer. You have Swagger, uh, whatever Hager, um, Luchasaurus, Luchasaurus, right? So I mean, like you have enough to make this work, where they could kind of have like big guys feuding with big guys and not always small guys and stuff like that to where it could be, you know, some really credible feuds and things like that. But I just, I just don't know. It just feels like your, your company was built on guys like the young bucks, like Kenny Omega, even like a Brian Danielson type, right? Like that style. And when you have big guys mixed into it, it just, it, it's they're good to have but i just don't know if they can be the guy i don't know how that would work yeah i feel the same way the the what what hobbs has on his side is i think he's still like years from his prime whereas like a swagger is like on the other side of his prime and like yeah you know like uh archer archer's in a lot anomaly to me because i feel like he's still performing at a really high level but I still remember he's another one of those guys, very similar to McIntyre. Don't you think like he's better than Lance Hoyt? Well, that's like, what I was about to say. Lance I Hoyt never really stood out. Like I remember he could do like a moonsault at his height or something. And I was like, well, that's kind of impressive. But like, I never would have thought that he turned out to be what he is. And it's funny too, because like Bill, he wouldn't even give a second look to him. He's like, dude, that's uh, Lance Hoyt. Like, that's garbage. Like, but then, like, after a while, he's like, man, like, he's he's gotten a lot better. You know what I mean? So, remember, he, he, he had got that, that good dose of uh, New Japan. Yeah, one like good dose of getting huge. Um, yes, you know, because that's another like him, Jinder, Drew, McIntyre, like those dudes, very similar, like glow up if we want to call it that like lance because i remember the lance hoyt we're talking about was like a lanky just tall guy he wasn't yoked um and he always looked a little strange with that giant tramp stamp i'm just gonna i'm not gonna lie like i remember that being kind of weird 
Um, not judging anybody like you do you. I'm just saying it just I remember it looking strange because now he has it like covered up with like something probably didn't have the effect that he wanted it to have. That's right. All I'll, that's all I'll say. Right. So um yeah, he I think he's he's like covered it up since he has some like he, I don't know, I don't know. I'm not here to judge people's tattoos. I'm just saying he looks completely different physically than he did back then. But you know, remember WWE had him at one point and they just called him um vance archer on ecw yeah. remember and that was yeah. also before he really like after that he really um got swole and now yeah. he's doing great ever since so yeah i gotta watch him in okada um i was there for him in moxley in dallas when he won the u.s title from moxley in a uh, texas death match it was awesome um uh, i was there and you for beat him moxley he- right yeah, like that was he huge. Mostly yeah. for the U.S. title in Dallas, his hometown, so it was dope. And then I was there when he beat Osprey at the G1 in Dallas. So I've seen him a couple times. Met him. He's a cool guy. Like, uh, yeah, it was uh, nothing, nothing but respect for him. I just don't know. He's he's got to be forty something, right? right? Like 40, 43, 44. Look it up, but yeah, he has yeah. to be. Um, I mean, I still probably, remember. I remember him coming out with uh with Jimmy Rave and playing Guitar yeah. Hero. R.I.P. Uh, R.I.P. Jimmy R. I. P. Rave. He lived like right mm. up the street from me, man. Like that was a real wow. sad. That was a real sad thing. He got really bad at the end. I'm not. This isn't to like. I'm not. Like, but he, like, I, he had actually. It wasn't just me, but I know he was reaching out to a lot of people towards the end. Like he was like looking for like money and help, and like he was like really in a bad way at the end. That was a really, really, really sad. For people who don't know, Jimmy Rave was like a huge influence on like the Southeast independent scene. Like he was really big in like Atlanta and Chattanooga, like Tennessee, Georgia, you know, type territories and stuff. And uh, yeah, but anyway, I remember the Rock and Rave infection, and that was also back when Lance White was much, uh, much smaller physically. He's 45. Wow. Yeah. So you kind of got to be careful with what you do there. And so I, I like, I like just picking and choosing spots for him to pop up and not necessarily being like a a regular, like, I think it's cool that he gets to go to Japan, kind of compete in the G1 and then come to AEW, have a feud here or there and then go off somewhere else or something like that. Like, I think that's, more so what he's going to be good at. Yeah. We got another super chat. Yes. Uh, your thank favorite. You. He, he, he's the one that hates uh, Moxley. Yeah. No, appreciate that, it, no, yeah thank yeah. you. We, thank we you, sir. It. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We, we can all have our opinions. Um, looking sure. at the WWE versus WCW rivals episode, Warlow is a more skilled Goldberg. AEW signing WWE guys is like the reunited Monday night wars. I wonder if Khan learned from WCW's mistakes. Which I mean, Khan? this is the thing I think Tony's talking about. Um, this is the thing is like, imagine watching that live and imagine being a fan and being like frustrated or happy one way or the other, but you remember how you felt. And then now you get to run it. Like now you get to do it. Yeah, so absolutely. it's like, it's not just about like, well, they told me what it was like here or there. It's like, no, like you remember what it was like when you were in seventh grade and this happened and you went to talk to your buddies about it or whatever the case may be. Or like you were frustrated because the young guys didn't get pushed and all they did was push the old guys or, you know, whatever the case may be. So 
I I think one of the the traps that Tony kind of fell for, but I don't blame him. Is if, especially if you listen to Jericho. Like I remember when Jericho was at AEW and he was like, "We need like six guys, six top level main event guys, and the rest is just kind of whatever. We don't need to sign a bunch of guys and all that stuff." And now it's like, okay, we got thirty two main event <laughs> level guys. You know what I mean? So it's it's definitely kind of gone on the wayside. But I think it was just such a weird, weird circumstance. And it would have never happened if there wasn't the pandemic. And, I mean, I, WWE released over, like, I think it was damn near, like, 200 wrestlers within three-year period or something like that. Like, insane amount of wrestlers released. ROH goes under. Um, NXT decides that they're going to rebrand and no longer need talented wrestlers anymore like it, it was just such a weird weird time that i think he just basically couldn't help himself and he signed everybody he could but i think the smart thing is is um basically like he signed these guys to long-term deals that they're not going to be able to get out of like and i noticed uh, I saw one thing. I saw this headline. God, these wrestling websites, like, they cannot help but show their bias. Like, WWE sells over 90,000 tickets for WrestleMania 39, something that AEW has never done. When did AEW try to sell out a 90,000-seat venue? Like, shut up. Like, so stupid. But, um... I, I think that he definitely fell for unbelievable opportunity that to the point to now that he signed all these guys and he doesn't have enough room for them and just trying to figure out what he can do. And I think doing getting buying ROH allowed him some of that to where he can kind of put guys on that show as well. Um but it really just depends on what ROH's future is. There's just a lot of stuff up in the air. That's that's what makes this era this era of wrestling right now so interesting. Is like, really, how is a Triple H WWE going to be ran, and what is the future of AEW and their TV contracts and ROH? And there's just a lot of stuff that we just don't know, and we're going to see it play out in in live action. And I think both companies are going to get wins. I think both companies are going to get signings where it's like, wow, that's a big signing for them. That's good. It's it, like it's not going to be this one-sided beatdown of just taking advantage of a situation like AEW was able to do. WWE is about to get theirs, and Cody was the start of that. Like Cody was a real sign of things to come. And then with Vince leaving and now WWE having Triple H and Triple H having such a good relationship with so many talent and able like Sasha Banks was likely going to be in AEW and now that's not happening you know what I mean there's definitely going to be stuff and and probably Cross would eventually shown up in AEW or you know something like that like we just don't know so I, I think that's really the big difference yeah yeah no I'd, I'd agree with all that for sure best um, time to be a wrestling fan where's Bill hey what's up man Bill here don't recognize yeah. me uh, Bill identifies now as Steven. So yep. here, here he is. Uh, now, Bill The Invincible Man Bill, is such a genius. Then, exactly. Uh, Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
No, Bill's fine. He's uh, he's living his life, and he just doesn't want to be part of YouTube anymore. Like the thing is, is like there's times where I think of like bowing out just because like at what point are you like just holding on to the past? And what are you doing now? Because I'm I'm 39 years old, like, and I feel very much like I was when I was 24, especially with like passions for wrestling and things like that. But when I was 24, I didn't have two kids and a full time job and all this other stuff. So it's 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 like work balance life, and Bill just chooses to focus on other things and not YouTube anymore. Like that's just the honest truth about it. And there's no hard feelings. I talk to Bill all the time. I see him all the time. Like me and Bill probably talk once a day, at least it's there's, it's not like we had a falling out and we no longer talk or anything like that. So I've known Bill episode, since the, was that episode from like a year ago where the three of us yeah. are on here. Yep. And I, I mean, I've known Bill since he was six and I was eight years old. So there's nothing changing there. <laughs> So. Yeah, and Bill knows that he's welcome anytime. It just it's it's simply that. Like I don't know Bill obviously to the level Doug does, but you know I've I've trust me I've asked plenty of times if we can get Bill on the show, and um, Bill's been in the chat uh, a few times for some of our episodes, yeah. and he's like I said he's joined us before, and it's just simply it's a very understandable reason. Like he's got a great job and a great life, and this just isn't a priority for him to do this. And there's probably not probably not a whole lot of positive to it. Like best case scenario screws up his actual real life somehow. You know what I mean? Like, it sounds like he got a good thing going and, you know, he just lives to himself, which is nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and I mean, Bill has three kids. I got two, and I mean, two's a lot there. for me. So Bill has three. So, I mean, that's, that's a lot there. And, you know, when you're working a full-time job and you come home and you only got a couple hours before your kids got to go to bed and do all that, like, sometimes YouTube just isn't the priority that it was. And so you have to decide how much time that you want to put towards uh, doing it. And it's a lot of work. It's not, it's not what it was back then when I could just, you know, put on a four minute video, do a shoot promo, upload it and have 60,000 views. Like those days are over. So it's not the same YouTube algorithm we're dealing with. Like, we're getting to the point to where YouTube is going to end up like replacing cable. Like it's not, we're not there yet, but I feel like even old people are able to now buy like smart, uh, at like machines, like an Apple TV, a Roku, uh, smart TV. And there's an, a YouTube app and then they figure out what they want to watch and they just watch it on there and they don't even worry about cable anymore. You know what I mean? Like everybody pretty much has the internet. So that's that's the the difference and um it's just become so much bigger than what it was like i could drop a video and it would literally be on the front page of youtube like we're not talking about like you know just to come visit my page and then not only that my page was a message board basically people came to my page constantly just to debate you know, or they go to our video just to debate. People would respond to comments. They just go on all day. They'd be like 352 comments. Here you go. You know, and you can make it video was, responses back then too, like comment with the video. Yeah, 100. percent So it was just a it was just a different time. And one thing I wanted to display when doing this was just to show that like 
I wasn't just like a shoot promo guy. Like I actually know a lot and I can discuss and we can have like a good conversation about and go in depth on certain topics. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And also, you know, TNA kind of went not the way y'all were hoping at the end no, of the day. Not at all. So. <laughs> but it was one of those things too, where it wasn't like, like, I, I don't remember. I mean, we, we did that video time to wave the white flag yeah. back in like, 2010 2011 like it wasn't like we were holding on to hope we knew it was over way before it was over like it just wasn't the company that we were supporting anymore and i and i think people gave us a lot of heat for that because it was like you're supposed to be loyal no matter what and the only thing that we were going to be loyal to was good pro wrestling so wherever we got that from it didn't matter like it wasn't going to be just because Oh, we supported TNA and now they're down in the dumps where you you still are gonna support them. No, like if it sucks, it sucks. And we'll tell you it sucks. So oh yeah. Yeah. Let's get into the UFC real quick, get our predictions out there, and then uh we can bounce. Yep. Um, let me pull the card up real quick. We'll probably mainly just talk the main event, but let me see what else we got on here. Um, so yes, UFC <laughs> 278 is this weekend. Everybody wish me good luck. Hope that I win more money this weekend. Allegedly, hypothetically, um, anyone who's listening to this, legalize sports betting in Georgia. It's insane. Also in Texas, Please. I know Doug isn't. Yes. I, oh, I, yes. I don't. I, yeah, I guess you would probably be interested in that too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's so, so much yeah. easier than to like allegedly contact someone and say, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And you know allegedly going back and forth and all that stuff when you could just literally log in your phone, have an account, be like put $5 down, you know, or yeah. you're literally live during the round and you're like, Oh, this dude is about to get finished. Let me go ahead and put a bet down that he gets finished in the next round or, you know, like right. you can't really do that when you're, you know, talking to somebody. So exactly. And it's kind of like, I, I do feel a little bad when like, you know, I send like the, like the, picks allegedly over to like somebody and they make the picks for me like this this past weekend i sent them over 60 dollars, and they have to send me back 500 i'm just like appreciate it you know what i mean like yeah you're just doing yeah. me a favor like placing the bets like i always try to like throw a couple bucks or whatever but it's also like i know what's don't know what's fair and what isn't i'm i'm hoping that the people that i'm sending these to are also making their own bets on my recommendations and they're also winning money um but it's one of those well, things it's, that I should it's almost like, happen to do it myself. Like it's stupid that I can't. Well, it's almost like that we're trying to govern people to have safer lifestyles because gambling can be an addiction. I mean, we literally have like a state like California trying to open up centers where people can legally do heroin. Like, yeah. what is yeah. the what are we doing when it comes to? gambling like no, this is stupid yeah no there i don't think that he, like that doesn't make any like even in georgia like yeah you can't sports bet but like i can buy scratch off tickets or try to enter the lottery right like they, they, that's and that has no skill that's complete 100 just dumb luck yeah like you have a legit shot based on knowledge that exactly. you could actually win and they don't want to allow that like at, and the thing is, too, is like, could you imagine like when they're going over, you know, it's 11 o'clock for me. Noon is when the games start on Sunday for football and they're going over the betting lines for each game right. and going over like 
you know, even in fantasy, top performers, you could bet this. So-and-so, like, Jonathan Taylor right now is minus 3,000 because he's going up against this crappy defense or whatever the case may be. Like, it could be such a huge thing because I truly believe that one of the reasons for, uh, the NFL is so popular is because of fantasy football. Oh, I believe that. And so many people can contribute to it and pay attention to it and, like, literally be invested in every single game. You know what I mean? And so if you added gambling being legal and just being able to drop bet here or there, like, I think it would be huge. I, I don't get the I, – I could understand if, like, they had to deal with, like, Vegas and Vegas was literally the only place you could do this, but now it's starting to be so spread out that it's like, come on, everywhere needs yeah. to do this. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I will allegedly be betting on every single Minnesota Vikings game this season for sure. Um but like, and I already got uh, uh, it out there for them to win the Super Bowl. Like, I, like I took them like in the pre, you know, pre, before, you know, in the off season. I'd like, I think the, like the plus. thing that's so wild about this year is literally anyone can win in the NFC. Like the NFC is really weak. There's not a lot of strong contenders. So if you are a good team, you have a damn good shot at going all the way. Yeah. Man, I wish I lived in a space where I could just do that. Anyway, um, all right, UFC. Speaking of gambling, um, like yep. they, they, you know, obviously I've talked about my win from this past weekend, but they're constantly promoting gambling on the UFC. They have a ton of sponsorship stuff and cryptocurrency partnerships and a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, anyway, um, yep. the main event of the show. Oh, so we got a. Did that. I don't know if you can get rid of that no, uh, nice. bot. Um, the main event of this weekend's UFC show, UFC 278, is a welterweight title fight. It's a rematch. Kamar Usman defending the title against Leon Edwards. Edwards lost to Usman the first time they fought, uh, which was years back before Usman was the champion. Um, I, I'm gonna. I'm interested to, to look at the lines for this um, on. Like like Friday night is probably when, when I'll probably uh, start putting that together. I yeah. I'm interested in Usman or in, in Edwards. Like I think he's gonna if if Edwards is a big enough underdog, I might roll with him on some parlays just to put it out there. But like Usman's more well rounded. He's a way better wrestler. He's got really good hands now. He's improved drastically. So is Edwards, but so is Usman. So like I mean, I think I smart have... smart bet is Usman. I just don't know how motivated Usman is at this point. Like that's that's my biggest concern. Like I feel like that he is just like okay, my next challenger. Like he has that championship mode now where it doesn't seem like he's super motivated to prove people wrong or everything. Like Dana's already talking about him being in line as a goat. Like it's I think it's all getting to his head. He wanted to fight Canelo for Christ's sakes. Like I just think that he he is now at the point to where he probably could be taking opponents lightly. And I think a guy like Leon Edwards is not a guy you want to take lightly. I still favor Usman. I think he has way more power. I think that his wrestling is better. I think Leon Edwards has gotten better since their rematch. I think Leon Edwards is not going to fall for a crappy takedown or something like that. Like, Usman's going to have to bring it, but I still think that Usman is the better fighter, so I'm going to lean towards Usman winning. 
I agree. I think that Usman is going to be able to hold his own standing more than what people think. But if he has any doubts in the stand-up, he'll just take Edwards down. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take Usman as well. Um, I'll so, right myself. now, Usman is minus 400 and Edwards is plus 296. But what I'd, what I'd be looking at is like, like for Edwards to get like a finish in a certain round by a certain method. Like I'd, I'd, I'd try to weigh out like how insane of an idea, like if Edward, like Edwards in like the fourth round by TKO, like, do you see what that, what those odds are? Cause that's probably like plus like two or 3000 or something. I would guess. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, And if I, and if like that were to hit along with like, if Edwards know, were to win, how would you think he would win? TKO. Probably, uh, probably by well, my points would be tough because I feel like Usman will will have the advantage wrestling big time. So yeah, probably by point. Well, actually, probably by TKO. If he, I I feel like he can be caught. I think I think that's possible. Edwards just doesn't stop a lot of people. That's the problem. I, Edwards is a bad match. Like Usman's a really bad matchup for Edwards. Um, I think whatever Leon Edwards does, Usman does better. Yeah, yeah. I, so, but I would say like if there's like a fourth round TKO type thing, fourth or fifth round, there sometimes there's those double combos, but like, but where where you can win like real money and it gets more and more unlikely. But that's how I've been successful with some of these is like if you if you bet that and that hit and you also took like Jose Aldo in like the second round over Davish Valley or something, if both of those hit, you're looking at like a five dollar to win, you know probably a couple grand type scenario. I mean, but, but I, I, I don't think it will be smart to put money on Leon Edwards. I'm going to make that clear. Like I think Kamaru Usman is who is going to win this fight, but yeah. um, if I'm going to bet on Edwards, it's going to be for like, like a round combo type thing. Um, I want to give a shout out to, uh, to Shida Vera. That's a good call by 49ers fan to bring that up. Um, big, head kick, yeah, big head kick went over Dominic Cruz this past weekend. Um, He's, and I think it makes his stock rise too because a lot of people gave him flack that he didn't technically beat O'Malley. But I mm-hmm. think now people are leaning towards that he would have beat O'Malley regardless. So yeah. I think that that is, uh, I think, number one contender at this point. Well, the best thing that could happen for him would be O'Malley beating Yawn because if that happens, then Cheeto has the, yeah, like, the right definitely. to fight O'Malley again. And the story um, and everything. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if, I don't know if number one contender, but like, if not, he's right on the cusp of it. If, if, if O'Malley beats Jan, O'Malley's the number one contender. Um, for sure. But Cheeto has the win over O'Malley. So like Cheeto's already done enough that I'd consider him to, you know, I'm fine with him getting a title shot, but there's also well, other you, guys he could fight. Would you do Cheeto straight to a title if Jan beat O'Malley and not do Cheeto and Jan for the number one contendership? And then Jan would be the next number one contender after that. So if Jan beat um if Jan beat O'Malley, you, you wouldn't want to do the rematch between Jan and Sterling. Is that what you're saying? No, I wouldn't do Cheeto, and do Cheeto and Sterling instead. Cheeto and Sterling, and then Jan would face the winner of that if I'm that would happen. And who's no? I mean, maybe TJ ends up winning and beats uh, Sterling. So right, I forgot that that fight was official or is going to happen. Yeah, because I, I, I honestly think TJ is going to beat Sterling. Yeah. So, um, either way, I, or or Cheeto maybe has to fight the loser of that. Like he's got to fight uh, um, 
I mean, it, it all depends on what happens with O'Malley and, and Jan. So, yeah. Uh, but she does put himself in a great position because um, he beat Frankie Edgar before that, right? I think it was Edgar, and then he, and then he just head kicked Dominic Cruz. That was super impressive. Um, also on UFC 278, we have Paulo Costa and Luke Rockhold. I'm hoping for a double knockout on this one. I think that'd be pretty sick. <laughs> Dude, if you haven't watched the countdown show and, and I know oh, you don't I like have. Luke Rockhold, so cringe. Oh my god! Like I'm going to be the best ever. I'm gonna win the title. Like oh, I it's saw just, he's and he's insane. like in heavy training mode, good shape. He's training with Jason Perillo as his mm-hmm. boxing coach. Um, it's interesting though because I don't know what would happen if it hit the ground. Like, I know Paulo Costa does train the ground, but, I mean, Luke is really good on the ground. But I just don't see the the way that Luke can win this fight. I, I think Costa's going to win. Who's Luke training with? Is it still, like, D.C. and – No. Just, say, cause I know I know Velasquez obviously isn't – No, but that would He's not training at AKA at all anymore. He's yeah. training out, like, in um, – God, we're just—it's another part of California. No, it's oh. another part of California, but it's like that RVCA gym with Jason Perel, where it's like all white. Like right. Tito's trained there, and multiple people train there, so he's training there. I mean, he looks in really good shape as always. He's shredded guys in really good shape. I mean, we'll see what happens, but I, he's always left his chin out there. Paulo Costa hits really hard. I just think eventually he's going to land and connect. If you want to do a prop bet, I would definitely put a prop bet on Paul Costa with a KO, TKO, probably the first round. I don't yeah. think that it'll go the second round. Yeah, I'm taking Costa by knockout early as well. Um, I definitely won't bet on Luke Rockhold uh, regardless. And yeah. um, Costa's lost my respect massively over the ever since the, the title shot that he had against um, Israel Adesanya, that the way he responded after that and all that just wasn't anyway um but yeah i will take paula costa over luke rockhold then the only other fight i think worth uh talking about real quick we have jose aldo against marab davishvelli uh which is a really good matchup at bantamweight like jose aldo is still doing his thing he's still quietly like near a title shot at bantamweight like he's been you know jose beat cheeto yeah, right. It, it for EMP. Yeah, I, I I actually forgot that just now. But and you're right broken down, like broken yeah. down, standing up, body shots, leg kicks. Like don't don't forget that, dude. I gotta pull up the UFC bantamweight rankings real quick because if uh, I gotta see where they have Aldo actually ranked because he's probably in the top five still. About this fight, Aldo is plus one hundred four, and Marab is minus one twenty six. Yeah, so it's it's almost even. Well, I have I'm gonna, a feeling the fight will be even by the time it comes fight night. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Aldo in this one as well. Um, yeah, so they have Sterling obviously as the champion, and then right under right. that, Piotr Jan, which makes sense. TJ Dillashaw is getting the next title shot, and then right under that is Jose Aldo. Because after that, it's Sanhagen, Cheeto, Davishvili, um, and then Font, and then Cruz. That rounds up the top eight. Um, I would put Cheeto over Sanhagen after that win. Yeah. Yeah, I probably would as well. Um, I mean, if Cheeto, or sorry, if uh, if if Aldo beats Davish Valley, he's very much 
in that consideration for a title that's shot right probably now. where you would do the run back of him and cheeto in a rematch or i mean we haven't seen aldo and sterling like that's a match no up, i but... i agree yeah or well, we haven't seen aldo and tj either right so either one those are like two legends i mean i'm i've lost all respect for tj obviously but you know right he got suspended and the circumstances and all that but like he's a legend i mean you gotta give him the credit for what he deserves like that's a real legends matchup that's a dream fight jose aldo versus tj dillashaw so yeah so yeah i'm uh i'm taking usman i'm taking costa and i'm taking aldo it sounds like you're uh you're all the same as well yep yep uh why is tyson pedro such a huge favorite i don't know who harry hansucker even is doesn't he have a i don't either but I mean, he is minus seven sixty nine, and Harry Handsucker is plus five hundred one. I love those kind of guys, though. So Harry Handsucker is seven and five. He's Ooh. lost his last two, but his last two were Justin Toffa, who's heavy handed, and Taichi Yavasa, who's like about to get a title shot, um, yeah. or close to getting a title shot, I should say. Honestly, in like some of his other. Hey, what, what was he? He was a plus what just to win? 501. Oh, yeah. I'll definitely be having a couple of parlays with this guy in it. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's that's my boy. Mark, mark my words. Harry, Harry Hunsucker. If, if if I have another week where I come in next week saying that I'm up like 500 bucks, it's going to be because I, I have, uh, because Harry Hunsucker performed well on, uh, on Saturday night. There you go. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Well, that's probably a good time to wrap it up. Yes, sir. So thanks for joining us, guys. Um, definitely smash that like button if you haven't. Please subscribe if you haven't. Uh, and uh, comment down at the bottom if you uh, – what kind of – comment down at the bottom of what match you're looking forward to the most with Kenny Omega coming back. It looks like we're getting Kenny Omega back tomorrow. Um, and we are definitely on the road for all out. And uh, I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about next week. So follow me on Twitter when you guys get a chance. And uh, we'll be talking to you guys next week. Yep. You can follow me on Twitter at Fight Talk underscore. You can use code Fight Talk on IWTV. Uh, listen to the Fightful Select Weekender every Sunday. And this uh, Saturday, I'll be at GCW in Atlanta. So if you happen to be around and you see me, feel free to come say hey. I love meeting people who watch the shows and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, that's everything that I got. Just stay tuned to my Twitter for whatever's got whatever I got going on next. And we'll be here next week, same time, same place, 10 10 p.m. Eastern on the RVD Tito for Life YouTube channel. For Doug, I'm Steven, and see you next week. Later. Thank you for tuning in to Live Rounds. Make sure you leave a like, leave a comment, and donate to Steven Jensen. He will read out your donations on the next week's show. Also, don't forget to follow Doug Bateman and Steven Jensen on Twitter. And if you like what you heard tonight, check out more Live Rounds episodes.